Howdy, pilgrims. I'm Brad, and with me tonight are the Marathon Men. I'm Kyle. And Nathan. Remember, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on Adventures in Videoland, the Facebook page. But remember, these are some old movies, Kyle. You want to mm -hmm. talk about the spoilers? Uh, we're going to spoil all of these movies. We're going to talk about them in depth, break them down. So if you haven't seen any of these movies and you're wanting to see them, why are you listening to this? Uh, you should really uh, go watch them. Turn this off, go watch what you want to watch, then come back to it. Yeah, and Nathan, we are critics with attitude, so... They might want to cover those ears. Right. No small children. Unless you don't care if your children hear us say fuck a lot. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the Marathon Golden Idols. With our marathons, we choose five to six movies from the same genre or director to view and compare. The various category winners are given golden idols, and the movie with the most golden idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. We use the marathon to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. John Wayne's birthday is on May 26th, so we're celebrating the Duke by watching six of his best westerns. So saddle up, grab a can of beans, and let's talk about the wild, wild west. Kyle, what made the cut? Did we leave any westerns out? And do they square dance well together? <laughs> well, we did leave two really big, important mm -hmm. ones that people know John Wayne for. Uh, the Searchers and True Grit. We left those off the list because they've been in a versus and a marathon in the past. Right. Um, both were, were both hundreds? I know Searchers is a yeah, hundred. Searchers is a hundred. True yeah, Grit Searchers, is pretty close. Searchers but. is at 100% and True Grit is at 90%. So both of them would have been candidates for Absolutely. this marathon um, because we used Rotten Tomatoes as a right. catapult. Um, for a conversation. So yeah, both of those would have been candidates yeah. for this marathon. And, and even with searchers at 100 out, we still have four 100s right. in this okay. list. So that's, that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty impressive list. But real quick too, um, I wanted to add one to this marathon, but I didn't get a chance uh, because of the rule of Rotten Tomatoes. My favorite John Wayne movie from the past—I haven't watched it in 10 years—is Big Jake. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I was thinking when I read this, when I was putting this marathon together, I kept Big Jake off because I thought it was like in the 70%. Yeah. Okay. But I looked at it today and Big Jake is 85% viewers. Okay. But there's no tomato meter on Big mm -hmm. Jake. Huh. I would have been, it would have been really interesting to put Big Jake in here tonight to see mm -hmm. how that would have came out. You okay. know? But yeah, so Big Jake didn't go on there. And then um, another one I wanted to put on here was Real Lobo, guys. Have you guys ever watched Real Lobo? I haven't. There's a kind of an unofficial Howard Hawks trilogy, and it's oh, Real okay. Lobo, it's El Dorado, and Rio Bravo. Okay. That would have been interesting too, but that was only at seventy-one percent. Okay. So there's some that we left mm -hmm. off, but yeah. So what movies are did we watch, Kyle? Uh, well, we watched, and we're gonna break these down alphabetically from 1967, El Dorado. It got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb gave it a 7.6 on the user score. It's directed by Howard Hawks and stars. John Wayne, Robert Mitchum, and James Kahn. Uh, our next movie up is from 1962. It's called The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, this got a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb score of 8.1, which is our highest, even though it's not 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, directed by John Ford. It stars John Wayne, Jimmy, James Stewart, and Vera Miles. Our next film from 1959 is Rio Bravo. A 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and 8.0 on IMDb, directed by Howard Hawks. Uh, John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson all star in this one. Then we've got from 1976, uh, one of John Wayne's last films. Was this his last, last film? film? Last film. Last film. Yeah. Last film. The Shootist. Uh, 
Rotten Tomatoes score of 93%. IMDb had it at 7.7. Directed by Don Siegel. Stars John Wayne, Lauren Bacall, and little Ronnie Howard. Then we've got from 1965, The Sons of Katie Elder. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb gave it a 7.2. Directed by Henry Hathaway. Starring John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Martha Heyer. And we wrap it up with uh, one of his earliest films from 1939, Stagecoach. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.9 IMDb, directed by John Ford. Stars John Wayne, Claire Trevor, and Andy Devine. This is one of the highest scoring marathons I think we've ever mm-hmm. I think it put is, together yeah. to watch. Yeah, I don't think we've ever watched four 100% before. Yeah, and then the other one's 93. 93. 93. Yeah. yeah. So it's and then, gonna be, and those were like two of the higher IMDb scores IMDb, that we had, right. too. So. Well, I can't uh, wait to see if you guys... Think that they are all are all pretty close to perfect movies. It's going to be fun break down this right. this John Wayne marathon. Um, I do want to let Videolanders know that we do not talk about the marathon beforehand. I have no idea what Kyle's going to say. I have no idea what Nathan's going to say. So this is going to be a I fun. Might say, but he might no. say, but I don't know what is, what their favorite movie is out of this marathon. I don't know where they're going. So uh, let's start off with best film location, Kyle. Um, th- this was a tough category because a lot of these places look exactly right. the fucking same all throughout. Um, so I, I couldn't base it off, you know, what's the best saloon, what's the best jail or whatever. I went with uh, a place that we don't see a lot of, but is really integral to the emotional hammer of the story. And that's Tom's Burned Down House in the oh, nice. Shot Liberty Valence. Like um, because we get to see this house and it has, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, Tom burned it down and... We don't really know that story, and we build up to this, and it's something that you lose in the back of your mind that this house right. burned down throughout the course of this movie, and then when it, that moment comes where he throws that lantern and just burns down this house that he's he's been building for years so he could build a fucking right. life with Hallie, um, it, it's, it really, really is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's like the actual, I guess, visual of that house as a house was nothing. Right, but with that burn, that burned down shell was yeah. a huge representation of Tom himself in the right. movie. Oh, that's super cool, man! Um, my two favorite locations—they're so they're so similar, man. Uh, there was there was the jail in Rio Bravo, and there was the jail in uh, El Dorado, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of similarities, right? They had drunks in the jail who smelled, and everyone's insisting that they take a, sh- a bath. They had uh, they both had old men who were comic sort of comic relief characters. They were both under siege by bad guys. They both had sidekick guys named after states. Um, <laughs> you know, you have Mississippi and Colorado. Colorado. Um, and actually, El Dorado is a loose remake of Rio Bravo. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Directed by the same guy. Yeah. You know. You can you can definitely uh, tell. They're. I liked them both a lot. If I have to edge one out over the other, I'm going to give it to Rio Bravo for the jail in Rio Bravo. And a lot of it just has to do with um. I think a lot of the. Uh, just the atmosphere is is different, you know. The um, like when when Nathan plays, he, he asks the the band to play like uh, El Zaguelo or whatever the 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 song that the Mexican army like played during the siege of the Alamo. You know what I mean? Like they're playing that while they're inside, kind of under siege by them. Like I thought it was really cool. They're 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 both great locations, but El or, uh, Rio Bravo got my vote. Right on. Uh, I want to throw a, just a one. Um, runner-up, and this was hard for me because Monument Valley um, mm-hmm. is a big deal 
uh, to John Ford. You know, he's uh, used the, that location for My Darling Clementine, Fort Apache, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, Wagon Master, Rio Grande, The Searchers, uh, Sergeant Redledge, um, and Cheyenne Autumn. So I love seeing a director who falls in love with a location. And when you're talking like exterior shots, or you're just talking about a, um, a Western, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you, can you do any better, you know, than Monument Valley? It right. just sets the tone for a Western. Um, so that was cool. I, I really liked that. But I had to go with one. Blink and you miss it. Okay? It's not a ve- around very long. It's the beginning of the movie and at the very end. And it's uh, when Ransom is telling his story by the old dilapidated stage, mm. the stagecoach. Mm-hmm. Such a nice touch. Do you want something you want to say? No. I, you know what? I looked and I looked for this, and I don't know if this is the case, but <clears throat> when he wipes when he wipes off the dust... So I watched Stagecoach, like, right after yeah. I watched this. Is that the same fucking Stagecoach? I wonder if it is. I don't because think so. Because it's the same director. Yeah, same you know director, what I mean? yeah. Like, I wonder if it, you know what I mean? Probably I, 30, I, I, years I, up, 30 years apart, too. I poured yeah. through shit on the internet looking for, like, did they reuse the Stagecoach? Is that kind of an homage to Stagecoach? But I don't I don't know. Couldn't find anything about it. Yeah, it's it such a... exactly the same. Yeah, it's a perfect symbol to accompany the question, who is Tom mm-hmm. Donovan? Right. You know, um, I love it. it. To me, it's a symbol <laughs> of, you know, tyranny into democracy you know it's the wild west and the evolution of man you know there's so much going on in this scene here and then you look at howard hawks like they say that you know like um the man who shot liberty valance is one of his last great films you know a couple years after that he did john ford yeah i'm sorry john ford john ford um how the west was won is at 100 percent. you know that's like probably five six years later Mm -hmm. but i love how in this it's kind of like how the west was won might be um, on like the foundation of lies, you know, but you just see Jimmy Stewart standing or sitting down next to this old dilapidated stagecoach mm-hmm. and just telling his story about, you know, Tom Donovan, who this man is and right. who shot Liberty Valance. Um, so that's where I'm going with that. It was funny. You mentioned uh, Monument Valley. I know uh, John Ford talked a lot about in Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. They didn't use, they didn't use it at all. They, he had said like, you know, I, I don't want to use Muck and Monument Valley again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, I know I, I always do that. I want to yep. get away from that this time. And so, in fact, I want to say that a lot of Man Who Shot Liberty, Liberty Valance was, was on a soundstage. On a soundstage, stage, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is why a lot of people didn't care for the time. Like, it wasn't right. very well received because they're used to these these grand vista mm-hmm. shots of Monument Valley and the searchers. And this was a black and white film in, like, 1960s. Right. Shot very you know? much like a play. Like it, exactly. Right. It felt well, a lot it, more like a play. It was much play. more low budget, I think, yes. than a lot of than the other films. And he was getting much older, yeah. I think. And I like how his first movie was, you know, like, not, well, not his first movie, but his first Western with sound mm-hmm. was 1939 about a stagecoach, this adventure right. on a stagecoach, but here, you know, one of his last great films is a dilapidated stagecoach. Right. So it's like that end of the Wild West and the evolution yeah, yeah, of man. Absolutely. So I really, really enjoyed that um, as a location. So that takes us into best character. Best character, uh, for me, hands down, was Ransom Stoddard um, in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, played wonderfully by Jimmy Stewart. Um, he goes through this roller coaster of an arc, um, starting out as a man who's just, uh, a lawyer and gets the shit kicked out of him by this bandito uh, named Liberty Valance, and then he nurses himself, gets himself nursed back to health, and you know just works hard in this town and refuses to pick up a gun, even though everyone in this town's like, "You need to pick up a gun, and if you want to, if you want to get your revenge on Liberty Valance, you're gonna have to shoot him." And he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna do this with a law book. Like that's how right. I'm gonna do it," until he picks up a gun. <laughs> And thinks that he he kills Liberty Valance, but like, and that sends him into a completely different uh, sort of character arc. 
you have this whole town that when he first is there, everyone fucking hates him because he's this hoity-toity smart individual. Yeah. And now you know, everyone starts to rally around him and make this make him a city official, and they eventually elect him to be the fucking what senator, senator. of the of the goddamn yeah. town, like this area. Um, and then you have him in his old age, like reflecting back on his life and just just fucking like stoic throughout but uh very 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 reserved but also like wanting to lash out and and be this big badass cowboy that he's surrounded by with you know especially in the face of tom donovan right um but he just he can't quite match it and i love that character development there i think he's a great character and i'll get into ransom stoddard a little bit later but my favorite character i think was cole thornton uh from el dorado um a lot of these characters that 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 uh, John Wayne played, I, I feel like, feel similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I like characters that have weaknesses. You know what I mean? And Cole, Cole Thornton has a great weakness. He gets shot he's in the beginning a of the bullet movie. In his spine. Yeah. yeah, he's got a bullet. He's got a bullet in him, and then occasionally, you know, like it, it, uh, you know, it, it. That's his. That's his Achilles' heel. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so that they use that to sort of take him down, kind of toward the end, and then uh, he relies on more of his friends to kind of pick up for him and. Uh, I love it. There's a one of my favorite movies of all time is Goldeneye, right? Where um, you know, Valentin Zukovsky, like like they they take he takes the gun out and points it at his head and he clicks he clicks it back and he's like oh Walter PPK you know and, no. and he he uh, says you know only three men I know you was such a one and like and he he surmises that it's James Bond behind him just from the gut the sound of the gun well like they do the exact same thing in El Dorado where uh, Cole shoots the gun out of the out of the guy's hand and uh, Nelson McLeod I think says. You know, only three men I know of are yeah. fa- are that fast. You know, one of them's me, one of them's dead, and the other one's Cole Thornton. Yeah, that's fucking badass. Yeah, so badass. I love shit like that, man. Like so, Cole, Cole Thornton to me is is the ultimate like Western badass. Right on. Um, my best character went to um, John Wayne character, and he's he's got such a presence, man. John Wayne yeah, is such a presence. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going with the shootest, uh, the celebrated mm. tough as nails gunfighter JB Books. Um, he's old, he's dying of cancer, and he just wants to live out his final days in peace. Right. He even laments that the Old West is dying just like he is. Um, he's ornery, he has a bunch of dignity in him, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it might be one of the most personal characters I've ever put, you know, seen on screen. Um, you look at, I think uh, Katie Elder was 1965, um, that's when he was diagnosed with cancer, right. um, had a, a lung removed, had um, some ribs removed, um, and then you look at, uh, you know, that was 10 years previous to this movie. He knew he was he he knew he was going out. I don't know if he necessarily knew this was his last film, but there is there's things in this that no man could do unless they knew they were on death's door. Right. You know, he even came down with influenza, you know, while he was filming this. And there's so emotion in his eyes. I agree. The with way you. that he's yeah. talking, the way that he's walking and acting, like there's emotion in this character. And I, I, I thought it was amazing. I feel like that of all the characters that he's played throughout this marathon, this is the one that feels different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it might be, and I thought about this for a while, I think it might be the greatest swan song put on screen. So yeah, last yeah. film. You know, um, I, I thought it was fantastic. So not just from performance, but from character too. Sure. It's almost like a bunch of John Wayne's characters kind of rolled into one. You even mm-hmm. have that montage at the beginning yeah. that, that shows a bunch of his previous yeah, characters. That was, that was a bunch awkward. of the movies we watched. Yeah, yeah. no, it was awkward because so, I watched The Shootist was one of the last ones I watched and it was like, huh, you yeah. know, but it was neat. It was neat to see, you know. Yeah, uh, that line he says where he goes, um, I'm a dying man, scared of the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you just, you can it's see so that. Personal. It's, it's yeah, so absolutely. personal. It's so personal. It's so personal. I do want to give a shout out real quick to Ringo Kidd from mm-hmm. uh, Stagecoach. Something I really liked about him was um, how he treats the prostitute from town. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the first one to warm up to her. 
You know, um, he's out for vengeance, but the, the moment he escapes, he stops, he sees the smoke, you know, uh, trails, and he says, there's just some things a man can't run from, mm-hmm. you know, and he goes back and he becomes, you know, a part of that, you know, um, the, the people that are, you know, running for their lives, you know, right. um, and that was the, his first big role right, right there. Actually, the studios didn't even want, um, you know, them to cast John Wayne in this, and you could tell that he was going to be a presence from then on out in the film, so okay. I thought Ringo Kidd was a really interesting character, so... Um, Real quick, I do do a a shout out to, um, as an honorable mention, I didn't mention J.P. Hara, also from El Dorado, Um, the the sheriff who the he. I love the arc that he goes through. First of all, he knows the Cold Cold Thornton's a badass. Like he shows up, he shows up with a with a gun, and he's like ready to go. He's just he's ready to go. You know what I mean? Like, and he doesn't know how Cole's gonna go, but he's he's fucking ready for him if he is. You know what I mean? If if he's and. uh, He's he's a smart character. Like Cole regards him as an equal. Uh-huh. You know, um, I love and when he, when he gets sort of down on his luck or whatever, and he's he's there was there was a woman I think that left him and he was he he became a drunk. Like Cole's you know Cole describes him as like he's a tin star with a drunk pin to it. I just I just yeah, I like I, I, I fucking he's a good character, man. Yeah, I'll be getting to that more myself yeah. too. So um, that takes us to best screen duo. Screen duo. Um, a lot of really good duos Yay. throughout this one. Um, I mean, that's kind of what the Western is, is the, the team-up sort of sure. aspect. Um, but for me, the one that stood out the most uh, was John and Dude in Rio Bravo. Mm. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, John Wayne and, and uh, Dean Martin working together. Um, I really like that uh, uh, John's character, like, he had so much, like, I, I guess loyalty to this drunkard who would like used to be one of the fastest hands he knew one of the best fucking deputies in the world and now he's just he's kind of shit but he keeps giving him these opportunities and especially that time when he he lets him lead the charge towards the man with the muddy boots to go find him yeah. so they can get that stuff back um See, that's one of the problems I actually had with it. Really? Was, was Dean Martin's character here. Because, like, really? he, he, he knocks John Wayne out with a fucking axe handle and there's no, like, any, um... There's no penalties for that, you know? Right, right. It's almost like the beginning of Rio Bravo escalates the whole fucking movie mm-hmm. just because he wanted a drink, you know? And it's like, uh, instead of knocking out John Wayne, I wonder what would have happened if he would have just came in, told him to stop, and went their separate ways. I don't think there would have been a fight. I don't think there would have been a shooting. Mm-hmm. But it's him knocking out fucking John Wayne with an axe handle. In the next scene, he's helping him, and there's no repercussions for that. Well, he has that line. He's well, like, you've hit me twice today. Right. Make it a third time. Or try well, to try it right. again, and something, it won't happen. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, maybe if that's a fist, but with a fucking axe handle, it knocks you <laughs> out cold. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't right. buy that. But but I, I love that, like those? I, I love that, I you know, them. he's that, that super, like, John T. Chance is just like the the perfect kind of sheriff, but he's kind of surrounded by a a bad team that he's putting together. Yeah. Him and st- he's got dude and Stumpy. He's just old right. fucking weird dude <laughs> that lives in the jail. They don't ever fucking let him leave. Um, Thank and, God. and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stump- Stumpy's a weird Stump- character. A weird guy. I couldn't take too much more Stumpy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little too like. I don't know, uh, stock old prospector right, yeah. kind of character. Whoa, 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 gosh, whoa gosh, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Stumpy. Who was your best screen duo? Uh, my runner-up was the same as you, John, John D. Chance and the dude, but my, my winners were, were Cole Thorne and Mississippi. Again, very similar characters and for, for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, you've got a, you've got a, like a badass mentor-type character, and you've got a guy who, he, he's kind of surrounded by people who are kind of, who are kind of fuck-ups. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, 
uh, Mississippi comes off real strong with the, with the knife thing, but like mm. that's all he's got going for him. And yeah, I, I loved I love that he's trying to teach him how to use a gun. He's like, "You're shit. Use a shotgun." Uh, and like, <laughs> and then every every time he whips out that shotgun, like it's like I don't know, it just feels badass. Like Mississippi's got a fucking boomstick or whatever. Uh, and like, yeah, you know, when when they go into the bar and then uh, JP Harris sort of confronting everybody in that that whole that whole uh, you know, let me see you laugh at me now kind of scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Cole doesn't tell him like to cover these guys. He says like aim your shotgun at that table. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah, just keep aim it, on it at there. the table. You know, <laughs> like so. You know, if anybody moves, like, I, you'll hit something. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, I, I just, I, they're a great mentor. Sort of, I, I love their dynamic. They're funny together. They're more funny, I think, than uh, than the dude and and Chance. Uh, they're my they're my best duo. I love them. All right, um, I have a couple runner ups. I'm just gonna blow through them real quick. Um, Haley and Tom Donovan. I really mm-hmm. like them. Um, I like their relationship on screen, the the Cactus Rose sentiments. Um, I really had a La La Land kind of ending here where I was like, man, I wonder what it would be like for Haley and Tom to get together. What what would their future be like? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about that quite a bit um, at the end of uh, Liberty Valance. Um, another one would be J.B. Books and the Widow Bon Rogers. Right. Um, I really love them together. And another problem, you, as you'll see tonight, I had a a lot of problems with Rio Bravo. Um, really? And going into this, I actually would have bet that would have been one of my favorites. I've heard so much you know, great things. It was the first movie I watched, too. Um, but uh, something that really stood out to me was I like how the relationship in The Shootist was very age-appropriate. You know, right. I, I could see them right. together. I could see them... Um, I'd like to see if they would have met each other in a, like in a past life or at a younger time in their life, what, what they would have become together. You know, but um, it was very age-appropriate. You look at Rio Bravo, I think... He was 51 and she, she was, was 26. There's like 30 right. years age difference there. Right. Um, so I really appreciate them together. And that scene where he's like, you know, he tells her again, all that emotion that went into JB Books um, as my favorite character. He's like, damn it. I really wish you would ride with me. Yeah, I just yeah. want you to ride with me so bad. Just go out. With, and I just, them riding together. And she's a spitfire of yeah, a lady, yeah. you know, and he's this, this uh, very, she's very conservative. He's, he's a, um, a gunfighter. And I just love that chemistry there. So that was great. That was my, my number one for the longest time. And then, I mean, come on, Liberty, uh, Liberty Balance, John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart, you know, the the lawyer and the toughest man south of the picket wire. Yeah. Freaking great, the legend of the hero. But um, at the end of the day, man, I had to go with El Dorado. Um, I went with the bromance of Cole Thornton and his old friend, J.P. Hara. See, uh, yeah, it's hard because they're, I mean, they're, it's not really a duo. There's like three of them, you know what I mean? And um, I love them all together. Yeah, I like for them, sure. yeah, but them two Definitely together. They have different dynamics. They have, they have, they have very different dynamics, but I, I like them both. If I had to pick, I'd pick Mississippi and Cole, but Cole and JP are fucking yeah, great. And, and I'll get into this together, uh, later, but um, the chemistry was beautiful to, with John Wayne and, and Robert Mitchum. Mm. Um, I'll get into this even in greater detail, but I will take... John Wayne and Robert Mitchum over John Wayne and and Dino any day of the week. I believe. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll take anything from El Dorado over over Rio Bravo. I even like Bull better than Stumpy. You know, oh, for sure. Yeah, I like yeah, the music better. You know, in El Dorado than I do um, Rio Bravo. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of things. And you're talking about alpha males. There's a lot of cool people like you know Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. That was your best duo. That works. But for alpha males, I think there's only one person that can share a scene with John Wayne out of this entire marathon. And that is fucking Robert Mitchum. Yeah. You know, um, I yeah. think he still scenes from John Wayne, you know, and that is oh, hard yeah. to do with the presence that he has on screen. Um, so my best duo was, um, especially you, you said at the beginning, um, that where he, he comes in at the beginning and he's going to take John Wayne, he's washing right. his face. And then you find out later where she's trying to get some information out of John Wayne. She goes, 
you know, you guys used to be war buddies, right? One of you saved each other's life, right. you know, but neither one of you will say who, right? You know, yeah. and I, I don't know which one either. You know, I can see mm-hmm. both of them, you know, jumping in and doing that. So um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy their chemistry on screen together. That's why I went with them for sure. Uh, let's go with best villain antagonist. Still Liberty Valance. Um, he is a man that an entire town is fucking afraid to stand up to until they all finally get together to finally bring him down. He's a total fucking dickhead. He's, he's <laughs> beating women. He's like stealing from women. He just walks into a restaurant. He's like, yeah, you guys don't want to eat that. Fucking get out of here. I'm going to eat your food. And uh, he's it, fucking Lee Majors just has this goddamn presence in this movie. Like he's Lee always Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin yeah. Sorry. He's always in the he's always got like a shadow around him, even if he's standing in broad fucking daylight. Um, he's got his little his little cronies. Uh, mm-hmm. That are just annoying as fuck, but that's kind of their. Yeah. The point Actually, of you know who one of them is? Hmm. Yeah, I love um, it. It's Angel Eyes. Yeah, it's what's yeah Lee Van Cleef. Lee Van Cleef. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is cool. And he didn't even like. I thought he was pretty cool. Like he wasn't a dumbass like the other one. No. He was pretty much Angel Eyes. He was just sitting back right. there being like, "What the <laughs> fuck you doing, man?" Yeah, you know. Um, he was pretty calm and collected, so it was just cool. It almost gave uh, credence to his gang. You right. know, it's like, man, right. you got fucking Lee Van Cleef. If there's anyone yeah. cooler as a villain than Lee Van Cleef <laughs> or Lee Marvin, it's Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> right. So I thought it was badass having him in there. Yeah. Um, he. He hates the freedom of the press. You <laughs> tries to murder Mr. Peabody in the newspaper, but like he he just beats the shit out of him. Like he knows he's not he's not gonna do anything illegal inside the town, oh. really, because he knows like oh, I can go to fucking jail for this. Even though Link Applegate's a fucking shit marshal, like he's not gonna right, do anything. Yeah, yeah. But Tom Donovan will step in and kill my ass if yeah. he has to. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna skirt that line the entire time and just really fucking piss people off and and make this whole town afraid of me. That's why Liberty Balance just kind of ran away with it for me. Right on. I thought I thought he was good, but like it, it's Lee oh, fucking Marvin, dude. No, no, no. I I thought he was good, but he came off. To, the the more I saw him, the more he came off as just really like kind of mustache twirly. Like I think he, I think he's bad for just the sake of being bad. I don't I don't really know what his motivation was for that. Like um, my I I liked him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the whole movie is based around if 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 he didn't work, the whole the whole movie wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Right, and yeah. I I do think he works. He, yeah, I, he's he's the embodiment of the Wild West. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, for I, I and El Dorado was uh, Nelson McLeod. Right. Oh. He was he's the like the rival. They're all guns guns for hire kind yeah. of bit of. He's he's the one. He's like okay, well fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and work for this guy. Uh, he you know we've already talked about how how much of a badass Cole is and how much of a badass JP is. I mean like he is too. You know what I mean? Like they they all regard each other as equals, and even at the end when he dies. You know, they're looking. You're looking forward the whole time to like, like we're gonna fight. We're gonna see professional who's courtesy. We're gonna see who's better. They have a professional courtesy toward you. They, they they both know that the other one's really yeah, really yeah. good. And in the end, he's like, you didn't give me a chance. And he's like, you're too good to give a chance. Yeah, to I, love you know? I love you're, that. I love You're too good to give a chance. Yeah, he he knows that he's probably better than him. You know, and I I love that. I love that the dynamic that they have and the kind of their relationship throughout the film. Yeah, that's actually in my notes, man. Uh, for runner up. I put Nelson McCloud, uh, very interesting, and he showed that professional courtesy. Mm-hmm. Um, he just had a respect for Cole that I really appreciated from a villain. He just wasn't that mustache, you know, curling right. villain. Um, and he had a cool scar too. Man. He that had, scar was pretty. Yeah, bad. he had a scar, and he had he had. Um, that makes a villain. There was some. There was professionalism about him when he when he finds out that you know one of his gang members. Yeah. It took him and it took him four guys, whatever, to kill this other guy. Like shouldn't have taken you four guys. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, it shouldn't have taken you. Four yeah, guys. he was my runner up. 
Um, and I also did like Ed Asner um, mm. as a kind of a squirrely bad guy as Bart See? Jason. Yeah, I, I thought was that was pretty good. Pretty good. So, um, but mine went to Liberty Valance, man. I mean, come on, the fucking name Liberty Valance mm. is a cool villain name. It's in the title of the movie. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> um, and you don't get much more of a badass than Lee Marvin. Man, I've been a big fan of Lee Marvin since yeah. Dirty Dozen. You mm-hmm. know, um, so I love Lee Marvin. He even dressed cool, like the steak scene where he, yeah. the steak falls on the floor. Like he's badass looking there, man. Like, he, I love his his, his yeah, whole getup. He has a fucking whip. He whips people. <laughs> the um, whip is a badass it like, is. weapon. Like, it is. It's just that, that like, like fucking chrome-ended whip that he just yeah, fucking Yeah, what I love about him, he's that embodiment of the West, but he's bringing... Oh, I got so much to say about this, but he has um he brings that old West law, and Jimmy Stewart's bringing that new sure. that new yeah. law mm-hmm. in. But um, he's sadistic. He's violent. Um, he hits women. He beats ransom within an inch of his life. Um, he's portrayed as being almost legendary with his gun. I mean, there's everything. Well, he is alone. legendary. What's the last? Yeah, he is line, What's the last line of the movie? Yeah. Anything for the man that shot Liberty, Liberty Valance. Right, right, right. Man's yeah. been dead for decades, and yeah. his fucking <laughs> yeah, like, is. story yep. is still carrying on of how fucking like terrible this dude yeah. was to people. Yeah, and uh, ex- especially with the evolution um, that goes on in this movie, I think it's so important that you have someone that's kind of evil. Like, not necessarily all the time your best villain goes to the most evil guy. Like, I like your pick. You know, Nelson McCloud, he's definitely not the most evil. Right. But he's a good villain. You know, yeah. in this case for me, he is the most evil, uh, but yeah. he, he was the best villain for me too. So, cool. uh, Lee fucking Marvin, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, that takes us to best hero. Every good villain needs a good hero, and that's why Tom Donovan yeah. uh, wins it for me. Um, Tom is, he's, he's a strange character, because he, he talks up like he's this big, great badass, but you never really see it anywhere. Like, he, he gets wordy and can get up in Liberty's face a little bit, but you, you, never, you never really get the sense that, like, he could fucking kill him at any time he wanted to. Right. Until he actually kills them, and when he does... It fucking just tears his world asunder. Like, yeah, he yeah. lost his woman. He killed a man. And it feels like when he did it, like, that's the first time I ever actually shot somebody. Uh, oh, I don't you, think so. You don't get, the, ever you shot don't get anybody, that vibe? Who? You don't get that vibe? The Tom, do you think that's the first time Tom, Tom Donovan's ever shot somebody? No, no. I don't think it is, no. man. But I think I think he is all torn up because he yeah he's going to lose the girl. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that that's what he was planning this whole time. And there's a lot going on I here. mean, there's a lot right. to unpack. Yeah. 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 And, and there's, and, I mean, what if he wasn't the man who shot Liberty Valance? <laughs> right. What if it was uh, Pompey? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was reading a bunch of articles today where there's a lot of people. I I think Tom shot him. I think yeah, Tom yeah, Donovan I shot him. But oh, there's Tom a, did. I, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, interesting articles out there though that what if he didn't and Jimmy Stewart did hit. You know, really? um, yeah, he I think just it was Tom thinks Tom. that Tom did, or yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's different angles both ways. Yeah, but but you get the yeah, and, and a hero doesn't always get the praise they deserve either. Right. Tom Donovan dies sad and alone. Except for Pompey's at his side, obviously. And then, but like this story about him, like the legend of Ransom Stoddard is so huge for killing Liberty Valance, but he likely didn't even fucking kill him. It was right. Tom. Yeah. And then Tom, you know, burning down his life, like literally burning down his house and yeah. giving it's up a, his yeah, woman. It's a symbol like, of his future. Right? Yeah, he he knows like his dreams. My yeah. my my yeah. world ends the second I pull this trigger. Yeah. and he did it. Uh, fucking right. that that takes a hero. It's. I agree with you, but the hero, the hero, my best hero is is Ransom Stoddard, because, I I mean, everybody knows that Tom Donovan can can kill Liberty Valance. You know what I mean? And everyone knows that Ransom Stoddard doesn't have a fucking chance. But Ransom Stoddard is the guy who stood up to him. You know what I mean? Ransom Stoddard is the one who went out there and and like, I mean, knowing that he wasn't gonna win. You know what I mean? And still and still stood up to him. That never stood up to right. him. Right. Right. And he's you know he's the. 
he's he he brings civility, you know, to, to the Wild West. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have a gun. He, you know, when when uh, he's almost the messiah of this movie, right? I mean, he yeah he 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 wants he's educating people and he's trying to tell them about their rights and about you know the future, you know, and he wants them to be a part of that. And he, when Tom does uh, challenge Liberty in the cafe or whatever, I can't remember, what, what does he do? They, they, something goes on, he drops his food on the ground or whatever. Uh-huh. Finally, he's like, I'll clean it up. Jesus Christ, like, I'll fucking clean it up. Like, you yeah. got like, this doesn't have to end with somebody shooting somebody. That's not how this, that's not how America is supposed to work. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that's, a, that's what a hero is, I think. You know what I mean? Like, when, when you stand up to somebody, even though you, you don't have the skills to beat them. I think that's what that's what it means to be heroic and to be brave. And I think that's what Ransom Stoddard is. Yeah. And that's why I have a tie. Ooh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I love how Ransom Stoddard, right, he's this lawyer that comes in and he wants mm-hmm. change. Right. Okay? But the catalyst for change was Donovan. Mm-hmm. All right? I think that Stoddard did great things with the life, all right, that Donovan gave him. All right, because right. I think I think honestly that Donovan has more in common with Liberty Valance than he does right. with Stoddard. But I think he wants to be like Stoddard. Right. But he doesn't have the skill. He doesn't have the training. He doesn't. He doesn't have the head knowledge. Right. I think he knows that there has to be a change in the West. You know, like he lives on the outskirts, but he always comes back to town. Um, there's just a lot of things in his character set that he does. Like he's. They offer him to be like the what, like a, the town council, and mm-hmm. he, he turns right. that down because I don't think he thinks that he is good enough to be a starter. You yeah, know. Right. Well, you know, you know what it reminds me of. And this might be out of left field, but like, like when you know, like with fucking Batman, right? Like Batman knows that that's that's not that's not the way shit should be. Yeah. Know? That's why he, that's why he wants he wants Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent is the fucking hero. You know what I mean? That yeah. he's trying to like promote. You know, and then it's that's what's so tragic about it. Like yeah. he know he knows he anyway. That's the word. You couldn't. I don't think you could have that change without Donovan's sacrifice. It's a very tragic right. sacrifice. Right, right. He loses his grill. Um, you know, he burns down his house. Um, but you know what? I love. There's one line at the beginning of this movie that just I love it. Jimmy Stewart's character stars like put his gun back on him, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like, he hasn't he hasn't carried a gun in years. Yeah, yeah. I think that he wanted to be like Jimmy Stewart, but had more in common with Liberty Valance. Like mm-hmm. he was, but he to have that change in the West, he had to destroy himself to elevate Stoddard. Okay, right. he had to destroy himself right, right. to elevate the West, and you couldn't have that. I think both of them turning the desert into a beautiful garden was the doing of both of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and, and he takes it, the sure. three the three biggest moments in Ransom's uh, drive in this movie is the the moment when the council elects him, and that's all set up by Tom Donovan. Tom Donovan. Yeah. Saying, mm-hmm. I'm nominating you, and that's when the town finally starts to first rally around Ransom. Two, when Ransom punches him in the face, because now mm-hmm. he's getting a little bit of guts now. Like he just keeps egging Ransom on until he hits him. Yeah. Right. Like he's pushing him on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he kills Liberty Valance and lets. Ransom take the the uh, credit for it. Yeah, so. and you, but you couldn't have that change without that that goodwill, you know, and right. wanting that change from Stoddard. Like Stoddard, you know, went on to become governor, U.S. senator, ambassador to Great Britain. Um, but he wouldn't have all that if it wasn't for that sacrifice of right. Donovan. You know, he'd be yeah, dead absolutely. in the streets, and there wouldn't be no change. There would just be the the tyranny of the open range. Still, you know, we would still be in the Wild West if it wasn't for Stoddard. So I think you needed both of them. To yeah. you know, to have that change in the Wild West, so I yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I love it. I, um, I, I do want to I do want to give a runner up to Katie Elder. I don't know if she's a hero, but she's a goddamn saint. It sounds oh, she's like. a saint. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, a yeah. goddamn saint. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so let's get in to best kill. 
a lot of kills. A lot of kills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I really like El Dorado. Mississippi's like first kill with the knife is pretty oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I really love him to shoot us when he shoots that fucking dude in the head that's coming through the window, like yeah. fucking dead on in the middle of the eyes. Um, this came down to, to two for me. I really like in Rio Bravo when he kills the muddy shoot man that's up in the rafters, mm. like the blood's just like dripping down into the the beer glass. And then, I mean, but the most important death is Liberty Balance's death. Because um, that's, it's the title of the fucking movie. Again, the man who shot Liberty Balance. Like, his actual death, you can feel this weight just lift up off this town. Even the coroner comes over and he's like, give me whiskey. And you think, oh, he's going to pour it on him and try to heal this wound. And he just takes a drink and he's like, nah, he's dead. Sorry. What do you want me to do? Um... But it, yeah, it's 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 a catalyst for this whole movie, and it's one of the it's a death that you obviously know is coming. Like oh. they they spill it, the beans with the title of the movie and right at the beginning of the film. Um, but it it keeps that mystery of is Ransom going to shoot him? Is Tom going to shoot him? Maybe Link Applegate will shoot him. Maybe oh. Hallie will shoot him. Somebody's going to shoot this man, right. and there everyone has a reason to want to kill him. Yeah, and that's why like his death is is so impactful. And even even as a viewer. Uh, you're led to believe like Ransom killed him, and then you find out later that it was Tom. Yeah, I love right. Love all that. That's a great shot too. Black and white pulled back when they actually mm-hmm. do show the shooting. That right. was really cool. Great framing. The yeah, there were a lot of good kills. I think I think my favorite just straight up like kill was the one you mentioned where the, uh, they in the shootist where they ambush him at night and he like he hides and that guy falls in and he pops him in the head like that was like whoa shit man like yeah. that was like I didn't expect brutal, it to be like brutal. brutal like that um, but even just as you were talking just now I changed my vote it's the same movie it was still, it's still the shootest uh, but it's actually the death of J.B. Brooks at the end mm. um, uh, John Wayne doesn't die a lot in films in fact the ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head are the shootest and uh, man who shot Liberty Valance I mean where I mean he's yeah. died yeah. off screen but uh there was one of my, it, it didn't make, because it was one of my, it's probably my favorite quote, but it's not from the film, so I was, I was reading uh, an interview with, um, with with John Landis, who was talking about when they were filming The Shootist, uh, he had been invited to the to the stage, you know, to, to watch everything happen, and they said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to kill, we're going to kill uh, John Wayne today, or whatever, and so he said, we, I got there, and he said, I was watching, and there were like probably a hundred and hundred twenty people that like didn't fucking belong there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just like me, you know, who were just kind of like just fucking standing around like shuffling papers, like yeah. you know. And uh, and you know they had the Duke was all they put those fucking blood packs and shit on him, and and he was standing around. And he got kind of shitty, and he was like, he was like, you motherfuckers came to watch me die, <laughs> you know? And he was like, everybody was like, oh shit, and they just kind of like shuffled shit. off, like. And uh, so yeah, I think I think that's my favorite. Death or my favorite kill was was when he dies at the end. He, he the wants, bartender got him. Yeah, the bartender does, but 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 he gets the thing. He doesn't die. He dies with some dignity for uh, a gunfighter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. He go, he goes out, you know, proving that he's better than all three yeah, of these he, fucking guys. He didn't die screaming in the dark of no, cancer. You know, yeah, which is really cool. Exactly. Went out he, like a gunfighter. He went out like a gunfighter. That's really cool. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's badass. Yeah, really good. And then the bartender gets it, which is nice. The bartender right. always gets it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think Robert Rodriguez set that up for us in Desperado. Right? The bartender always gets it. Um, I do want to give a runner-up to the shootist, um, Pulford. While he's under fire, shoots a man straight through the heart in the saloon. Yeah, yeah. One of my big problems though with the shootist is the uh, the end of the film, the anticlimactic, you know, shootout between all three. Like I thought Pulford was great in that scene where he shoots him through the heart, but didn't do shit at the fucking end of the movie, yeah, you know? Right. Um, but then um, then the headshot, J.B. Book shoots mm-hmm. the, the, the guy in the head. That was pretty cool, um, which was Pulford, I believe. Um, 
but yeah, I went with Sons of Katie Elder, uh, John Elder's diehard action, um, 80s action moment. He kills the villain by shooting up a cask of gunpowder inside oh, the villain's yeah, yeah, gun yeah. store. Uh, the place goes up in flames like an 80s action flick. Right. It, is, it is awesome. And this was 1965. John Wayne just came back from having that um, lungs, one lung taken out from cancer, okay? He's rolling around in the dirt out there. Yeah. He's like, you know, uh, I don't care if that was like, you know, cut and then he gets on the ground. Did you guys ever feel like he was um, sick at all in these movies? Not until no. the shoot. Not until the shoot. Is, I mean, but dude, Sons of Katie Elder, four months previously, had a lung taken out and ribs. Right. You know, um, he wasn't you even can, clear you of can cancer kind of in 69. In, in Sons of Katie, uh, Katie Elder, he doesn't do as much physical activity. He does a lot of standing no. in place in, in a lot of But he comes movie, off still like, so hard. Like, you would not but fuck But he does with have him. action scenes, yeah. Yeah, no. and the, yeah, the action scene, um, I love that. It, it felt like an 80s action moment where he just shoots that <laughs> that gunpowder and the whole place goes up. Yeah. Um, I love that. So that was my favorite, uh, my favorite kill from John Wayne. <laughs> Yeah, but even in El Dorado, dude, going back to him being sick, like it's so impressing, impressive to me that this dude was, you know, just coming off of cancer, getting a lung removed, and, you know, like I thought he looked really good in El Dorado. Like, yeah, he didn't do a whole lot, you know, um, mm-hmm. action-wise, mm-hmm. but I would not fuck with John Wayne. He still had hell of a presence, you know, um, in, in both those movies with being so ill, you yeah. know. I wouldn't fuck with him in the, in the shootest. And he had, a, well, I heard he had an oxygen tank in Sons of Katie Elder, like during breaks. Wow. You know, because he couldn't breathe with the climate of where they were filming. Same yeah, with yeah. the shootest. You know, the guy was such a badass, though, man. Yeah. Fuck. All right, um, so that was my best kill. Let's get into what the what fuck. The fuck? What the fuck? Um, so we're, we'll do a couple runners up here first. I didn't have a whole lot for these. Um, but uh, Stagecoach, the amount of horses that got tripped in that fucking movie was <laughs> insane. <laughs> you, and, like, it's, like, brutal fucking takedowns of these right. horses, like, on trip wires. <laughs> uh, Rio Bravo, just the character of Stumpy in general, was really oh fucking working to me. Um, in the man who shot Liberty Valance, the size of those fucking steaks and the size of that frying pan, yeah. like we're just blowing my mind. Like yeah. I was like focused on those, like they were the size of like five steaks, like fucking glued together. Yeah. They were massive. <laughs> those were huge. They I didn't were think massive steaks. Like yeah. they're holding them up and like up head level, and it's like down past their waist. And they're like, yeah, just throw them one on the burner, like. Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the most what the fuck, and I, I, I'm assuming we're all gonna <laughs> hit on this. But uh, James Caan in El Dorado <laughs> with his super racist <laughs> Chinaman that comes out, out, of, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. He's like, wait, 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 unnecessary to the plot. <laughs> like he's just like, I'm just gonna fucking put on this hat and get all squinty eyed and just say like Ching Ching Bing yeah. Bong over and over again, and then punch a man in the face. Oh, he uh, goes, he goes with the buck teeth and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> Just threw a can. <laughs> you could have did a lot. Done anything. You could have done anything. Chinaman. Yeah, that was racist <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> who's that gall? Who's that? Who's that dude that used to call into AV or whatever with that fucking? Oh, I don't even <laughs> remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it like that. Just like that guy. Uh, oh man, uh, there were, I had a bunch. So. How many times in in this series did they describe John Wayne as like, like they're looking for John Wayne's character and they're like, oh, he's a big guy about six foot four, you know, uh, two fifty or something? Like it's like that's so fucking like specific. Though. Like it, do you have to say it every, in every film that he's six four? Like yeah. why the fuck do you keep saying that? Well, he was a um, hard ass dude. Like I think no, in, I, I think in the shootest, um, the original screenplay, he was supposed to have like bladder cancer, and he said that's a pussy kind of cancer. 
<laughs> so he wanted like you know uh, whatever other kind. What cancer did he have? Like you know, you know like uh, lung cancer. No, no, no. In the in the shooting, I, I don't think it was lung cancer. Was it? Yeah, it was, I thought it was lung. I don't think it was uh, lung cancer. I think he had stomach cancer. I'm not. 100%, yeah, but he, he but was like blood. They you, you got you got a cancer. I think is maybe yeah. all they said. But yeah, and he's like and when he was sitting down on a uh, on a pillow. So I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, you know, something up the ass. Right. <laughs> well, then they wanted him to take his trap door down. Yeah, trap door, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think, um, yeah, he's just such a badass. Like, he's like, I'm not, I don't even want bladder cancer. <laughs> That's for pussies. <laughs> John Wayne was hardcore, man. Yeah. Um, um, I liked yeah, it. Sorry. That wasn't my pick. So okay. I, in in uh, Sons of KL, this isn't my pick. He's a runner up. Uh, that he and he and was it Dean Martin? They're playing guys like thirty years younger than themselves. So like he's in his fucking fifties. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He's playing like, like this dude's like sixteen. He's supposed to be his brother. Yeah, like he's, he's like fifty six years old. In which one? In uh, Southern Katie Elder. Okay, yeah. He and Dean Martin are both, I think, in their fifties in that movie. Like probably. Yeah. It's pre- that's part of why they filmed it in black and white. I, right, it's in black and white. No, no. Um, Liberty Balance. Is Liberty Balance is in black and white. Yeah, and they were right. both in their fifties there, but he's a young lawman coming into town. Oh, black maybe white, that's what I was thinking. That of. black and white hid the uh, the effect, but I'm, I'm sure all of them. They no, were no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, he was. They're, yeah, they're obviously playing one much yeah. younger than that, but also in, in Liberty Balance, right? Where. It has to be shot in black and white, otherwise, like you're never gonna believe that this dude's no, like, no. fresh out of law school or whatever, yeah, right. you know. Which is pretty, pretty impressive though, because the whole time I don't know if you guys were, uh, you felt like this, but when I was watching Liberty Valance, it didn't even dawn on me that they were in their fifties because it was shot in black right, and white. Not until right. I was doing some research that I found out that you know, like they were 52, 53. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Um, the age that, makeup at the beginning of the movie, like I was like, man, how old is Jimmy Stewart? And then, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, they're they're time jumping. Like, yeah, right. So I thought the black and white movie. hid the age really well. I think it did too. Um, and I had a bunch from from El Dorado. And obviously, the Chinese impersonation was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one where, where JP walks in and he's confronting everybody, and he shoots the he shoots at the bartender. The bartender's going for a gun. He shoots, and the bartender like there's there's like a, a shower of fucking splinters goes up into his hand. Uh, and, the, and yeah. And, and he like the bartender like does not fucking react at all. There's like a hundred fucking splinters in his hand, and he's like, all right, <laughs> like you know, like there's no reaction from him. But I think the when I first saw it, I thought it was fucked up, and then when Ra- when I watched it again later with Rachel, I, this is my pick. Uh, where after, at when 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 Cole goes to uh, sort of talk with uh, what's Asner's character, um, Jason. Jason. Yeah, yeah. He goes to talk to him about you know, hey, I'm not I'm not into this, you know, and he uh, he. He like moonwalks the horse out. You know what I mean? Like the horse, the horse is backing up, and it's real fucking. Oh awkward. yeah. And it's for like really fifteen awkward. seconds. He's just like <laughs> yeah. backing this fucking horse up, and <laughs> that like, was funny. And it just, I get it because like he doesn't want to turn yeah, his back on these guys, but like but it's it looks so like a, fucking yeah. weird <laughs> it looks looking. Weird like shit. it's so yeah. <laughs> Everybody's looking at him like, what the fuck is he doing? What the fuck is he doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> if you just if you just ride that horse right, right. we promise we won't shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That was your number. That's my pick then. That's the the moonwalking horse. The moonwalking horse. That's great. All right. So runner-ups. I'm going with the James Caan impersonation of a Chinese man. (laughs) That was that was something else. Um, And then another runner-up. I hit on it earlier, but I had a huge issue with like um, dude hitting um, you know John Wayne's character with a fucking axe handle and escalating (laughs) the whole fucking movie. It was just really weird to me, man, that there was no. He he shows up um, when he's arresting the guy, and dude just walks. He's like. I got him, buddy. Yeah. You know, I got your back. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? You need to be in jail, you right. alcoholic asshole. Um, and then another one of mine was, uh, so this was kind of behind the scenes, but in 1958, uh, Rio Bravo, you had Ricky Nelson. He was celebrating his 18th birthday. As a gift, wow. John Wayne and Dean Martin, okay, they get a 300-pound sack of shit. 
okay, of steer manure, all right? And they throw him in it as a rite of passage. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty fucked up, man. And then I wanted to, uh, so you know at the beginning of uh, Liberty Valance, you have who is Tom Donovan. Mm. You know, the title's Who Shot Liberty Valance. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I want to know about the fucking sheep wars. Did you guys hear that? Like, this guy goes in and he goes, Tom, this could get worse than the sheep wars. <laughs> I'm like, I want to know about the sheep wars. Right. And then they just, just stop. Like, they just stop. I was like, what the fuck is the sheep wars? Sheep versus sheep? <laughs> it's like, like men versus sheep? <laughs> I want to know about that. But so the my what the fuck, um, I actually researched and I had to go back. So it didn't affect me during the movie. I, I thought it was pretty well in the movie. But in the Sons of Katie Elder... There's a gunfight in the Hastings store, all right? Mm-hmm. Right before he blows up that gunpowder that got my best kill, um, he shoots his six-shooter like 13 to 14 times without reloading. <laughs> and it was funny. I didn't catch that, but through some research and, and looking up, I went back and I popped it back in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. He, he does not reload. It's stuck out. It'll always stick out now. Right. I always tell everybody when they, when they come through and friends, I was like, you know what? Don't tell me about mess-ups in movies. If I catch them, Awesome, but I don't search those things out because even in my favorite movies, yeah. movies I don't like, that's all I will see forever, you know. And that's unfortunately all I'm gonna see at the end of, <laughs> of that movie, Sons of Katie, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's just kind of funny. So that was my what the fuck after going back and watching that he just kept on firing that son of a bitch six shooter. <laughs> um, so yeah, how about them sheep wars? <laughs> um, let's get into best score or soundtrack. Um, they all have really similar westerny kind of songs for the most part uh, throughout it. You obviously you get a really good uh, scene in uh, Rio Bravo with Ricky Nelson oh, wow, and, yeah. uh, and uh, Dean Martin uh, singing along, which was pretty great. Um, but one song really stood out to me, and that was just the opening track to El Dorado. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. It was fucking yeah. great. It's like a great actual like sounding western theme. Like like that's what you want to hear when you start up a western. These other ones didn't really have that like super great like theme song. Like this was perfect. Like if you did an El Dorado TV show, you'd be like, yeah, we'll fucking pull that song and make that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought show. that up because uh, I didn't I didn't do that one, but I really enjoyed it. Like you posted today, mm-hmm. uh, Nathan the. My pony, my rifle in me. Right. And I, uh, as much as I did not care for Rio Bravo, I really liked that because I can imagine in that setting, that's a song that they would sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to pick a song, it would be the El Dorado song. I thought that was, um, really set the tone of that movie. And it, it, something, again, I think they, they would sing in a movie. Right. So. My pick for the longest time. My, the first, the first movie I watched was El Dorado because it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I was home sick. I was home, I had, I had called off work and I was laying in bed. And I, I, I turned on El Dorado as, like, the kids were leaving and stuff for, for school. And, like, that was fucking great. Like, that intro is amazing. Yeah. And so, like, even, even just, I don't, I, in fact. Is that I the one with the paintings, too? With, like, the, the painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff. paintings are really good. And I know you've talked before about, like, chicken soup movies and yeah, stuff like that. No, and I, was I get like, it. That, that was, like, this is exactly what I need yeah. right now. Yeah, I that's a chicken soup movie, man. It was one, that was my, for the longest time. I really don't feel like, and you know what, throughout the rest of the movie, though, I can't tell you any other songs that are in the, the movie. Yeah, I'm just kind of yeah, going yeah. off the intro. But so. I will say that at the end, third act, there's some really interesting jazzy, kind of, okay. like a jazzy kind of score um, that was really odd choice, but actually I really enjoyed, you mm. know, for, for a Western at time, but. I ended up going with Rio Bravo. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of this, because of that, My Rifle, My Pony, and Me, or whatever, uh-huh. and, and uh, just that. They have these all have very similar scores. I feel like, mm-hmm. and so there was like, am I gonna give it to El Dorado because it has this great opening, or am I gonna give it to 
uh, Rio Bravo because it has this nice sing-along, mm-hmm. you know, sort of moment where everyone's sort of, it's this moment where everyone's sort of getting together and we're like, we're, we're being a team, you know. we're Story-driven we're, song. We're, yeah, absolutely. That, so I, I ended up going with it for that, okay. for that reason. Um, yeah, my runner-up was El Dorado. Um, but there's one that really stood out to me that I'm surprised that didn't st- stand out for you. Going back to our Western Marathon last year, mm-hmm. you know, I really loved the Ennio Morricone score for uh, Once Upon a Time in, in the West. Mm-hmm. Love that score. I wanted so badly to give it to Magnificent Seven, okay, mm-hmm. in, in that marathon. Um, so I, with this one... I'm making up for that, and I'm giving it to Elmer Bernstein. He did the score um, for this, and it's very reminiscent of Magnificent Seven, like that main title. Okay. Um, and if there's a, a composer for westerns that I like, um, next to Ennio Morricone, it's Elmer Bernstein, and you can't you can't miss it. I mean, it's you hear that that main theme, and it's boom. It's, for it's what western. Movie? Katie Elder. Sons for of Katie, Katie Elder. Elder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I should, I should have said that. But yeah, you you listen to the opening of Sons of Katie Elder, and it is very reminiscent of Magnificent Seven. It's very standard Elmer Bernstein. Okay. But it's it puts you in that Western mood. Okay. Um, so my soundtrack, yeah, went to um, Katie Elder. See, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll have to go back and, and watch the intro again. But, like, I, yeah. I watched El Dorado first, and I kept, every single time I watched another one, I thought, like, I hope it's, I hope it's better than El Dorado. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find There wasn't one that was better than El Dorado. You I could mean, almost mistake opinion. it for, like, you know how, like, a lot of composers, they... You list like Danny Elfman, right? You mm-hmm. you know Danny you Elfman. You know right. Danny Elfman when you hear Danny Elfman. Same way with Bernstein. Like okay. it just sounds okay. like Bernstein. It sounds like Magnificent Seven, but um, yeah, it just puts me in the mood for a western for sure. Yeah. So let's go with best quote. Uh, some pretty decent quotes in, in, in a lot of this. Uh, one of my favorite laugh moments is from El Dorado. It's uh, Joey the girl goes into the jail and she's like, would it be all right if I talked to him? And he's like, all right, but you, you got to leave your gun here. And she's like, eh, never mind then. <laughs> like, I like, legit laughed out loud at that. Um, I love in Sons of Katie Elder, like John's like just back into town. He's like, well, this, this town still doesn't have a newspaper. And the sheriff's like, there's gossip every 20 feet. <laughs> um, but the winning line comes uh, from the man who shot Liberty Valance. And it's um, towards the end of the movie, not the very last line, but, uh, Right after Ransom finishes telling his story, and uh, it's it's him and the uh, the newspaper guy Maxwell Scott, and Ma- uh, Ransom says, "You're not going to print that story, are you, Mr. Scott?" And Maxwell Scott says, "No, sir. This is the West. When the legend becomes a fact, just print the legend. Just print the legend. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I don't. None of none of my quotes are like super poignant. They're just like I. I and on all in all seriousness, like I think." El Dorado is one of the most quotable movies that I've watched in a really long time. I think, like, <laughs> it's funny. Every... You know what I think that is? I think it was Dean Martin. Um, no, which one? El Dorado, right? Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah. who was it? I think it was Robert Mitchum or something. Someone was asking about El Dorado, right? And uh, they're like, well, what the script? You know, the script seems pretty standard. And uh, uh, Hawks goes, it is. But the characters are cool. Yeah. And then he's like, don't, don't worry. And he told someone else, don't even worry about reading the script. The characters are cool. Yeah. And they are. I think all the characters in El Dorado are pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. fun and cool. And they're going to have some cool quotes they're with just, that. Yeah, they just have cool quotes, man. Like, I, I love when uh, I love when Mississippi, like, dives under the horse or whatever. And he was uh-huh. like, what's with the horse move or whatever? And he's like, well, like, a man can't shoot what's under a horse. And a horse won't, shoot, a horse like, won't step on a man. Yeah. You know? It's like, is that true? really, is that true? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I think I think my favorite quote from the movie was, uh, and I've already mentioned, like, the, the, you know, it's like there's only three men that are that fast. And, but I think my favorite one was just, uh, is it Bull, I think is his name? Is he's yeah, got Bull. the bow. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, JP is like, what does he say? Uh, 
can you hit the side of the barn with that thing? And he said, ain't going to try to hit a barn. Just a man. Just <laughs> man. <laughs> and he's this old, drunk, fucking like comic relief type uh-huh. character. I love that he's like this sniper with a fucking yeah, bow. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and it just, it just, you know, elevating this character that really has had nothing else to do in the movie. Yeah. You know, it was really fun. Yeah. All right, I have a couple runner-ups, if you guys don't mind. Um, yeah, that's cool. So I loved every scene where in these in this marathon where John Wayne and the villain were about ready, yeah, to go toe to toe, you know. And one of those, I'm just like, oh, it's gonna go yeah. down. <laughs> it's gonna go down. And one of those is Liberty Valance. He comes in. He goes, "You looking for trouble, Donovan?" And he goes, "You aim to help me find some." Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I'm like, oh, it's gonna go <laughs> down. <laughs> Such a badass line. And then um, in the shootest, um, I like the I won't be wronged. I won't be yeah. insulted. And I won't be laid a hand on. I don't do these things to other people, and I require the same uh, from them. That was pretty cool. That was the shootest. And then stagecoach. I love when he goes, well, there are some things a man just can't want to run away from. Right. I love that. That was great character building, too. And then um, J.B. Books again. Um, I'm a dying man, scared of the dark. Right. Yeah, love that great. line, man. <clears throat> Only he could he could say right. that with the stuff that he's been through, you know, yep. with that much emotion uh, behind it. And then another one would be um, J.B. Books again. He goes, it isn't always being fast or even accurate that counts. Yeah. It's being willing. I found er, I found out early on that most men, regardless of cause or need, aren't willing. They blink an eye or they draw a breath before they pull the trigger. I won't. I won't. Yeah. I won't. That, and that, you see that in the last <laughs> shot, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, he shoots that guy straight in the fucking head, you know? Uh, doesn't even think about it. He's just waiting for that shot. But my number one was Maxwell Scott. And he tells him, he goes, this is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. And it's uh, the end point of this film is that, you know, legends make better stories. And, mm-hmm. man, I, ke- I kept thinking about how statehood, how Jimmy Jimmy Stewart's character started, wanted statehood so bad, and that how statehood, or even a better life for the West, is built on the foundation of lies through journalism. Sure. You know? And yeah. so so fascinating to me, so interesting. I think there's so much to sink into uh, with that quote. Um, when I heard that, I think it was like the third movie I watched, I was like... Pff- I don't even know if anything can beat it. You guys ever watch yeah, Marathon yeah. and you're like, oh, well, yeah, you said El Dorado. Well, that's, that's like, that yeah, song. Yeah. It's like, I hope something's better than this because this will be a boring it's category. Got it. It's got it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt with this. I was like, man, that is a, is a perfect um, quote. Yeah. So, and it fits the movie so well. Um, let's get in to best screenplay. Um, I went with the man who shot Liberty Valance again. Um, you're getting a lot of depth from a lot of different characters. You have a, a an actual story. It's not just a, I'm a cowboy, I'm going to shoot you kind of movie. It's. Mm. I'm a guy who doesn't have a gun, and I'm not going to use a gun, and building up this legend, and having this this villain who terrorizes this town, and, and the wimpy guy is the guy who stands up to him, and you've got a, a drunk town publicist, and you've got this kitchen going with fucking German people running it in yeah, there. Right. Like, it, there's, there's so much going on in this screenplay. Um, one of my favorite scenes, um, it, it didn't win, so I'll talk about it, but like, it's that schoolhouse scene. Mm-hmm. Where you've got all these adults and these kids, like who've never learned to read, and he's and Ransom's in there teaching them how to read, like yeah, right. like just building this town up from the ground. Um, and it took my favorite quote, it took my favorite character. My second favorite character would have been Tom Donovan. Yeah. Hallie probably would have been Ty. In the top five. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's full of it's full of great quotes. It's full of just awesomeness. I, I, yeah. I from beginning to end, I was I was glued to it. I agree with you. Uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance is my favorite screenplay as well. I think it tells the most interesting story, and I think it tells a story in a different way from all the other films. You know, yeah. I mean, none of the other ones have this like 
flashback type stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you already hit on everything that I was going to say, man. And that Mandalorian, the man who shot Liberty Valance, tells a great story and it tells uh, an important story. Yep. You know? yep. Yeah, um, I have two swan songs tonight, and mm. uh, John Wayne, um, his last movie, The Shooters, I thought was a f- just a brilliant way to go out. With I a, agree. With a 50-year career, I don't even know how many movies, man, so many. Hundreds. My, my second swan song would be um, Liberty Balance screenplay, mm. and it's the swan song of the Wild West. Right. You know, it's such a great examination of the last days of the West and, and then the beginning of, like, democracy. Right. You know, there's so much going on in this. I like uh, the, the story of heroes and legends. Uh, law and order um, over the chaos of the open range. Um, there's so much going on in here. Uh, great characters, great dialogue. Um, yeah, there's just so much. Um, even um, that scene where it's, it's very interesting too. So Stoddard, he is cool with everybody knowing that he shot Liberty Valance, but he doesn't want to run for office because of it. Mm-hmm. Once he knows it's a lie, he still runs for office. So he's cool with everyone else knowing it, but for him. It's a big right, deal. A huge weight off his chest. It's a it's a huge weight off his chest. So it's interesting that he never tells anybody until the very end of this movie. You mm-hmm. know, I thought that right. was was very interesting. And then all the stuff that we talked about, Tom Donovan and and how just his little writing beats. You know, where he could have came in and killed Liberty Valance any day. You mm-hmm. know, um, I, so I can kind of see where you thought that might have been his his first kill. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, but um, I just think that he has he's he's a product of the Wild West. You right. know. But he wants that change. I think there's so much just change, and and, and I've talked about it a couple times, like the evolution of the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And you get a good Western here, um, but then you also get I call it the Citizen Kane of Western movies. You know, um, there's so much to chew on, or you can just take it as a simple uh, Western. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it. The screenplay was was fantastic. Um, and another one I want to give for runner up is the stage uh, stagecoach. Um, I just love the story um, of a film that follows strangers riding on a stagecoach through dangerous Apache territory. That's just fun to me. That's just, like, especially 1939, if you're yeah. going to make an adventure or an action movie, that's just pretty cool, you know? Right. I think that, that kind of screenplay was really ahead of its time. Um, but that was my runner-up, so Liberty Valance. Yeah. Uh, cinematography. <laughs> cinematography. Um, a lot of similar kind of shots in, in some of these movies, but uh, one definitely stood out to me, and it was The Shootist. Um, the Shoes has some crazy, gorgeously yeah. sh- set up shots. That that last standoff has some really fucking cool and interesting angles going along with it. Um, there's there's like a scene where they go through this like huge dining room, like in the middle beginning of the movie. That's just fucking impressive. Um, it, it it's a cold, open expanse world as as compared to these like tight knit little communities. Like this doesn't this feels like you're you're alone when you're watching this movie like you're right. you're alone like jb books is alone kind of out in the world um it, it won it wasn't like a, a super standout I, I, the cinematography to me was not like overly impressive with any of these um but that one that you know i really like the shots where um they're they're just following jb books yeah. you know uh, yeah, there's long the, shots there's some long yeah, there's shots some long man shots. and they just they just let you feel that emotion though you know mm-hmm. they just put that camera on them and there's some really interesting shots too where like when he's taking a bath and like he, he, he might not be able to get out of the bathtub or he, he, mm-hmm. he falls I forget exactly what happens but the door's shut and the camera's just on the door and you're wondering right. what's going on in there and they just rest on that door they could have went in there they could have showed him struggling right I just but, like that just but again it's, it's about door. his dignity yeah and, exactly and, and, you know what I mean and um, I, I agree. I, the shooters has had my best cinematography. I, they were the only ones who did anything different with right. their shots. There was a shot, I think, where um, <clears throat> it's kind of a track shot following 
uh, John Wayne and uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart as they're coming out of the, the, this hospital or not mm-hmm. hospital but whatever his house yeah. Yeah. and it's right it follows them along for like 10 20 feet or whatever and like I, I just as I was watching I remember like nobody nobody else has done this at all you know what I mean like it's not like it's not like an amazing shot but I mean it's, it just struck me that like nobody else is, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, the shootist being a bit is was the more recent one right. um, earlier with those old Technicolor rigs that they would have been using those are huge man yeah. those are like three four hundred pounds so they probably weren't capable of doing those kinds of shots um, they had to set them up kind of they had to set them up kind of like a, like like just like a stage show you know what I mean like so that I guess that explains why that is but that's a big part of why Shooters got the best cinematography for me was just it did some different things with cameras. Okay. Um, I want to start off with a quote, a quote real quick from John Ford. He says, in black and white, you've got to be very careful. You've got to know your job, lay your shadows in properly, get your perspective right. But in color, there it is, he said. You might say I'm old-fashioned, but black and white is uh, real photography. And that's, that's a very bold statement, but I, I agree with a lot of what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every time that you give me a black and white film, it's going to go there unless they're doing something really interesting. You know, like with um, The Searchers, I was not a big Searchers fan. Um, I think it's completely overrated. But uh, for my runner-up, I'm going to go um, Liberty Balance. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to go back to like Searchers, right? And I think a lot of people were expecting large vistas, Monument Valley, Technicolor, 1956. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you look at something like Wizard of Oz and... Um, what was it? Uh, Gone with the Wind, 1939. Okay, that's when that's Technicolor. Um, Liberty Valance was 1962. It takes a lot of balls to make a black and white movie in 1962, right. what, 20, 30 years after? So I had to give him some props for that, hiding the age of the actors, going black and white when he didn't need to, um, hiding their age. Um, I thought that was really cool and not showing us the big vistas with, you know, with Technicolor. Uh, but I had to go with Stagecoach, man. There's a lot of things they're doing differently. For 1939, uh, imagine like 1939 getting tight stagecoach shots. There's a lot of you know writing in that stagecoach, mm-hmm. getting the reaction fa- the reaction shots on their faces mm-hmm. um, when they meet John Wayne for the first time. Uh, Ringo Kid. There's a zoom in. Like uh-huh. the, the zoom in wasn't the zoom in wasn't fantastic by today's means. Sure. But you're talking 1939, the first sound western. There's a, they're still evolving a lot of what they're doing with filmmaking. And yeah, they zoom in on him. That's awesome. When they first settle down and they're all at the table, the cameras in the back. And it zooms up real slow on the table. Um, I love those shots. And then filming the action at the end of Stagecoach, someone like George Miller has to be inspired by that, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, 1939, putting the camera right out there, getting those shots. It's what George Miller is doing in fucking Australia, you know? Um, Just on a a, a lower or not not as big, not as epic, smaller scale. Mm -hmm. Um, So doing all that and then lighting and shadows, face reactions. Um, there's just so much going on for such an early movie. Um, I had to give my cinematography to Stagecoach. Okay. So. All right. I dig it. And that takes us to Best Supporting Actress. Yes. Um, I went, I, women are kind of sparse in these movies. They're, you know, men-driven movies. You know, I, I thought there were a few good actresses. There weren't many supporting actresses, right. I felt. That's, that's yeah. what I was about to say. <clears throat> um, so it, it kind of just like, and the supporting actress roles were like, couple lines here and there maybe right. um but one that did kind of stand out a little bit was michelle carey as joy mcdonald in el dorado mm-hmm. she's the one that actually shoots him in the back oh, and yeah. she's the one that takes the gun into the jail and she's like mind if i see him for a bit you gotta leave the gun here oh well never mind, oh, never like, mind. Yeah. she's she's got a little bit of character to her nothing that's like overly outstanding but uh again is a pretty thin category to yeah right i don't even know so 
I had Angie Dickinson uh, as Feathers from Neo Bravo. I don't even know if you would consider her. An, I wouldn't consider her an, an, a lead actress. Right. You know what I mean? She's not in it that much. I guess I would still consider her a supporting actress. But um, even the fact that she's, whatever, 30 years younger yeah. than John Wayne in this movie. I mean, I, I still feel like they have some chemistry. It's yeah. unbelievable. And a lot of that is just, dude, first of all, she is smoking hot. And I don't fuck like, it's fucking unreal. Just, it's like, anyway, she's like, <laughs> um, yeah, she she sells that. I think a lot a lot of it is on her. John John Wayne doesn't do. A, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's intentional. John Wayne's character is not um, pursuing it necessarily in the beginning, and she's sort of she's sort of pursuing him and whatever. And um, she she builds that relationship. I think she pursues it. She builds it. It's it's it is what it is. All right. Yeah. This is always, the best I got. Come on. Yeah. This is yeah. This is this is always a tough category. Um, I didn't want a rubber chicken it because if I can give yeah. an award, I didn't think anybody sucked. No. You know, for yeah, rubber, for just, rubber chicken, like nobody, man. but like, nobody, yeah. So if I had to go with one, um, I went with Stagecoach. I went with mm. um, Lucy Mallory, played by Louise Platt. Mm-hmm. Um, again, she didn't suck, and uh, she actually, uh, she was the pregnant woman, you know. Right. Um, Dallas, I, I think Dallas was probably the lead, don't you? She was the, oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah, was, yeah. So um, I went with um, the pregnant um, Louise Platt, Lucy Mallory, again, Thin category, but I wanted to give an award to something, so um, that's what I went with. So let's get out of that sticky one and let's get <laughs> let's get into best supporting actor. Um, we went from a, a pretty dry well to a pretty full one with supporting oh, yeah. actors. Yeah. I mean, and and big names too: James Caan, Lee Marvin, Dean Martin, Jimmy Stewart, like Robert God, Mitchum, yeah, yeah, Robert Mitchum, George Kennedy. Um, <laughs> But I, I ended up going with Lee Marvin, um, giving that presence in in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. But who do you think the supporting was between... Who do you think the lead was of Liberty Valance? I would say the lead is Jimmy it's Stewart. It's got to be Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. yeah because I, I guess... Um, I, I did, when I did Best Actor, I made, him, I made sure everyone was John Wayne. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. Jimmy Stewart was best actor. So I basically, my best actor category is just me wanting to give the best to John yeah, Wayne. Because I guess it was yeah, flipped yeah. Like on a poster... Like uh-huh. one got top billing and the other one didn't, but in the in the in the movie it was flipped the other way. Right. So yeah. it's very interesting who who. IMDb has Jimmy Stewart listed first. If that means okay, anything. so your best supporting went to uh, went to Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin okay, um, and, and I really I really struggled with it, it was either going to be him or Jimmy Stewart. He's a fucking to badass me. though. Uh, but yeah, and it's it's he doesn't have uh, as much screen time as Jimmy Stewart, obviously, who's pretty much the main character of this movie. Um, but the scenes he's in, like they're the the very tense scenes, and he he pulls off that. You, I feel he's a fucking badass, like even more so than than uh, John Wayne in this movie, and that's really fucking hard to do is right. to be more of a badass than John Wayne is in a movie. Yeah, no shit. So yeah, Lee Marvin took it. So Dean Martin was in two movies. He was in Sons yeah. of Katie Elder, and he was in Rio Bravo, and I liked him in both. But I felt like in Sons of Katie Elder, he just felt like. He just felt like he was playing Dean Martin. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I, did, I didn't like him in. I didn't, I didn't really like him. I really liked him in Rio Bravo, though. I yeah, felt like he actually was acting in Rio Bravo, and he played a character that was. I liked Rio Bravo, and I liked El Dorado, but I and I, you know, I I, I like El Dorado more in a lot of ways, but Rio Bravo, I felt um, Dean Martin's character was was wonderful. Was mm-hmm. was really good. Uh, he's he's my best supporting actor. Okay. For sure. Man, I'm really surprised to hear you say that because I like. Robert Mitchum in El Dorado more so than Dean Martin. Well, I, I, I guess, the same I guess character. right. I guess I, I guess I kind of consider uh, Robert Mitchum to be kind of a, a, 
not necessarily a supporting actor, as more of a co-star, uh-huh. right? Whereas <clears throat> James Caan is the supporting actor, and they're co-leads, I guess. That's the way I think yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, can see see, it, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Yeah, sure. I'm going with supporting actor for okay. Robert Mitchum, but <laughs> um, seeing him at the beginning of this movie, and he has about as much as um, screen time. Yeah, actually, he has a yeah. ton of screen yeah, time. Yeah, he's about the same amount of screen time as Dino does, you know, mm-hmm. in Rio Bravo. But what I love is he really stretches out here, man. Like, at the beginning, he comes off... Very stern, right? Not yeah. drunk at all, like, and I love that presence that he brings. And then later on, he's squirming in a jail cell, right? You know, and I even love that that the little beats that he brings to his character, like he's kind of hunched over a little bit, he's holding his stomach, and then he he puffs his chest out and gets his gun, right. goes back and kind of hunches over with his stu- you know hand over his yeah. stomach. Um, and again, if there's anybody that can take some scenes from John Wayne, I think it was Robert Mitchum. Lee Marvin's yeah. a good pick. I like Lee Marvin, but um, I think uh, Lee Marvin was a little bit scared of Tom Donovan. You know his character, Liberty. He Balance. was, and you can see that. You can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do like Lee Marvin, but man, for Roger uh, Robert Mitchum, I think that he stands toe to toe with one of the biggest icons, and I think this is the only movie Robert Mitchum was ever in with John Wayne. Really? Yeah, Maybe. but I loved it. And if you're looking at drunks uh, within all this marathon. Um, I think he was my favorite drunk. Like, I liked, um, what was his name, Thomas Mitchell. He played Doc Boone in Stagecoach. He, you know? really good, yeah. he was really good. I liked him. And then Edmund O'Brien played Dutton Peabody in Liberty. Um, so, yeah, he was great, too. But um, for my money, man, nothing came close to Robert Mitchum. So that's where I'm going yeah, I, for. I prefer Dean Martin as a, as a drunk in Rio yeah. Bravo to me. Like, he seemed more believable. He, had the, he was more pathetic. Kind of in his his drunkness, and that's <clears throat> like Robert Mitchum just seemed like he was like yeah he'd been drinking for a while, but like you could like tell he was just gonna get past it. Yeah. But like especially though for for tapping into like best supporting actor, mm-hmm. like being able to switch off like that because I think Dean Martin was that like, he just played drunk right the whole movie. He probably was drunk. Probably <laughs> he was. <laughs> probably was. I think Robert Mitchum well was drunk too. Well, yeah. well, I think yeah, all of them were drunk. Actually, the guy who played the stagecoach I looked up like he was recovering alcoholic. So that's right. yeah, kind of funny. Huh. Uh, but I do want to give a runner-up real quick to, his name is Paul Fix. Um, he was in Sons of Katie Elder as Sheriff Billy and Dr. Miller in El Dorado. Okay. Um, I just, I don't know, just his presence. He just brought some of that um, that old school with him. Like, I, I could just mm. see him, you know, just fantastic. He had a lot yeah. of gravitas, I think, for an older dude jumping into a couple scenes. But it was really cool seeing him in both of those movies. Um, James Conn was cool, too. Mississippi, yeah. um, El Dorado. Yeah, yeah. You could see that he was going to be like almost like John Wayne in... Um, stagecoach, you can see he had a lot of promise, a bright future. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing and with James Conner. Again, I, I, I love, I love the Mississippi. He, he there's little, little character things like he's got that stupid fucking hat. Yeah, I love that wears. hat. You know if we I mean? had a best hat award, it would probably go. Oh, for sure. To, yeah. Yeah. Or that ten gallon hat that John Wayne wears in the shootest. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, so it takes us to Best Actress. Is this a little bit deeper well? than it, it, It's a deeper well, well, but I think there's one clear choice. Yeah, I, I thought two people were kind of in the running. I thought Lauren Bacall's Bond Rogers was really good, but I went with Vera Miles as Hallie. What? Um, <laughs> she has such a, such a character range to go through. She's this... Uh, She's got to be stuck between like, do I go with a man that you know is going to provide for me, or do I go with a man that you know I've, I've known my whole life and I actually kind of have a, this relationship with, and uh, she can't read. I mean, as as that part's a little kind of cheesiest, but she she does it really well in the sense where she's like, still like trying. She's trying to be very proud about like, I can't read. I don't need to read. I don't need you to teach me to read. Right. And then a minute later, is like, all right, so, you know, if you were to teach me to read, where, where are we starting? And, and, and like, right. being at the school and, like, working your ass off at the, at the be, being, like, a real fucking boss. Like, when you're looking at, like, strong women, like, in film around that yeah. time, like, she's a strong woman. She runs her own fucking restaurant and, like, 
doing it just all by herself. Yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't need the men that she has around her, but they're there. Right. Yeah. So, I, I really liked her too. I love that line too from Tom Donovan where he goes, he tells Stoddard, he goes, "You taught her to read and write." Now go back in there, get that that nomination spot, give and give her something to read about. Right, that's yeah. pretty badass. Yeah, that's a good pick. For me, man, it was Lauren Bacall, it was Bond Rogers, and the Shootist. Uh, I thought she she. I mean, I mean, I think she stands up to to, to uh, John Wayne. Yeah, I think so. For, I mean, yeah. we talked about you know about how uh, Robert Mitchum did, but yeah. like, but she does too, man. I, can see that. I, I love that they. They they have a believable relationship. It's not it's not about him sweeping her off her feet or what what are these fucking cliche old cinema things are. It's about a realistic relationship between two adults. Yep. You know what I mean? And you know she has a husband that that she loved who passed away, and she worries about what other people might think about her going off with him or whatever to go out in the country to look at things. And um, she wants to be respectful of her family and her name and everything while, you know, also trying to take care of him and being compassionate. She has, she has a lot of stuff. She to stands do, her man. ground too. She, she doesn't give him, she doesn't give him an easy way. Even no, no, though no. he's gonna she, be dying in a week, a month, or whatever it is, right. you know. Yeah, she blows him shit like constantly. It's it's great to see her. She stands up to him yeah. absolutely. Stands up to and him. She's scared of him. You know, she says to his face, like yeah, that he frightens her and you know the yeah, she's a great character, man. I think yeah. she was a great actress. That's who I went with was uh, Shootist Lauren Bacall. Um, age appropriate too, uh, so I thought that <laughs> right. was great. Age you know? appropriate relationship. Right? Yeah, but yeah, I just um, I can't really add too much uh, to what you said. But um, it's just the gunfighter and this this older conservative woman, mm-hmm. and just how that does not gel, but it yeah. does kind yeah. of you know, and you you only get that kind of relationship through. Adults that have been through stuff, right? You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed her performance, and I do agree with you. I think if there's um, someone else who could go toe to toe with her, um, or toe to toe with the icon, mm-hmm. the Duke, it would. Lauren Bacall did a fantastic job, and she was handpicked by John Wayne too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I went uh, Lauren Bacall, best actress, shootist, takes us to best actor. Uh, as I said earlier, I broke this down just John Wayne uh, for me personally. Um, May not always been the, the main actor in all, all these movies, but he was our common thread, so I wanted to make this one specifically about him. Um, and he he does a lot of different things with a lot of these different roles and a lot of the same things with a lot of these roles, too. Um, obviously, like someone like J.B. Books is very different because he's older and uh, on his deathbed, and Ringo Kidd, is, he's so young in that fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. he's still coming into being that presence. Um, but I went with John Elder, actually. Really? Which kind of surprised me. Oh. Yeah, um... That surprised me too. Yeah, um, <laughs> because I think he's doing so much more. He has to be that that ground for the family, even though he's this uh, he's this legendary gunslinger, like and out killing people, people in town. Mm-hmm. They don't really trust him, uh, and he's got this uh, this fucked up family that are constantly fighting. He's got a a younger brother who's leaving school and wants to join him, just go around and shoot people, and he's like, no, you're I'm you're gonna fucking go back to school. Um, he he takes. He takes intelligent approaches to things too, like the scene where he, uh, he meets up with uh, what's the fucking bad guy that actually took the the deed, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck. But anyways, but he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you didn't take that from my dad and blackjack, blackjack. My dad right. said blackjack was yeah. a sissy's game. Yeah. And then they leave, and he's like, Dad used to play blackjack all the time. He's like, yeah, I know, but he doesn't know he that. Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he just took really intelligent approaches and was like. 
he he had different presences with different people. Like so, when he's in town talking to the banker, he's like super cordial and nice, and the the Undertaker, he's very nice to him. But then he turns into that fucking I'm John Wayne, I'm a badass, don't mm-hmm. fuck with me when he's around the bad guys. So yeah, I went with uh, Sons of Katie Elder. Right on, man. Uh, yeah, I, I was for the same. I was kind of with like this is just John Wayne as far as I'm concerned. Category. Mm-hmm. I if if I didn't. If it, if it, I, that's the only way I thought of it. If I thought of it yeah. a different way, it would it would have been Jimmy Stewart for sure. It, me too. Um, in which one? In, it would have oh, been best actor. Yeah. If, uh, if, 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 if I yeah, I, I kind of limited to like this is just going to be John Wayne for me, and I had to pick yeah. which movie. But if I didn't, it would have been Jimmy. Yeah, Stewart. he would have been supporting for Shooters. But it was. Um, right. It's funny. Like, did you hear like uh, Jimmy Stewart couldn't even hear shit on set? Oh really? Yeah, like he, yeah, he's old as fuck. He was old yeah. as fuck. Like I didn't think he acted for like four or five years, and then John Wayne pulled him in. Yeah. So just kind of like side notes. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like I guess that he was mumbling all of his lines during the doctor visit, you know, yeah. and uh, the director was getting pissed, and John Wayne's like, "Hey, if you wanted, you know, great lines, you should probably go get another couple of great actors because you're not gonna get it." <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, it was it was John Wayne as JB Books and the Shootist. Yeah. Uh, only answer, man. Yeah, I, I think because I said it before. I think this is the only movie where he played a different kind of character. He played. This is the role. I mean, th- there were other actors who who maybe could have pulled off some of these other roles. I think that only John Wayne could have played this character at that time in this movie. And that, yeah, at, at that point I mean? in his career. At that point in his career, and it's it's it is a great swan song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Th- this is a character that he. He embodies this character that point, at that point in time. You know, he's at the end of his life. He's suffering from cancer. Uh, it is kind of a looking back at all these things that he's done. He's this legend, and he wants to go out with dignity. And I think it's a, I think it's really a strong performance. It's a, yeah. a unique performance here. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's one of the best swan songs of all time. I haven't done a lot of research to figure out what my best swan song would be, but I can't imagine anybody taking like, um hit or miss with the shootist in general. Like, I like a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Third act, whatever. But man, every time John Wayne is on screen, he yep. just demands my attention. I'm in awe of his performance. Like, mm-hmm. the only person that could do that is a dying man. Or, you know, I guess he was right. cancer-free, but he died three years later. Right. You know? And he, he was already missing a left lung for ten years. Fucking had influ- uh, influenza on this set. They had to shut down filming of the shootist for, like, a couple weeks because he was so sick. Couldn't breathe. Oxygen tank. He was. He knew he was on his way out. He didn't have much time left. He knew that. He even did a a commercial for the American Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before this movie. You know, so I don't know. It, it's such a, a beautiful performance. He hand. It's such a personal film too. He handpicked Lauren Bacall. He handpicked Jimmy Stewart. Um, and it, it's his own horse. His his own horses oh, in this movie. Dollar. Yeah. Dollar. Yeah. It's such a personal film though, and you can, like I said earlier, just you can see it in his eyes. He just acts differently in this. Mm-hmm. Like he is so just into this movie, you know? Um, yeah. f- fantastic. Um, and I, there's no Academy nomination for John Wayne, which really? blew me away. No Academy Award nomination. I went back to the year, and it's a tough year. Uh, Rocky won Best Picture, had Network in there, All the President's Men, Taxi yeah, Driver. Same year as Rocky? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a couple there, are probably Pantheon-worthy. I love Network. Uh, Peter Finch won mm-hmm. For network, okay. Mm. I don't even know. I'm not for sure if Rocky got a I mean, nomination. That's a swan song performance too. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Rocky or Stallone got a, a nomination or not. I can't remember uh, for Rocky. I didn't look that you know far into it. But man, John Wayne, man, at the end of his career, because I know he won. He won a Best Actor for True Grit, you okay. know, for Academy. That was his only Academy Award, and this blows 
true grit out of the water, man. I think it does too. So emotion. So um, yeah, greatest swan song. Well, I don't in my think the, I don't think I think True Grit is a better movie. I think, but I think maybe his performance is better in the shoot Yeah, for I sure. Think for sure. For sure. So yeah, I was I was kind of blown away by that. Greatest swan song as of right now for me is John Wayne in the Shootist. It was great. So best scene. Um, best scene uh, for me comes from Rio Bravo, and it's the scene I talked about where he lets Dude finally take the the lead, going into the bar. Like Dude's kind of mm. shown that he can he can get back into the swing of things. He's kind of sobered up a little bit, and he he shoots thinks he shoots this guy, but he also thinks he's not sure if he hit him or he missed. But he knows he's got mud on his shoes. That's all he's got going. And they go into this bar full of all these banditos, and he's just like. Trying to take the trying to take the lead, and, and you can see him losing that confidence in himself as they're mm-hmm. going down the line, and everyone's got these clean shoes, and you can see, you know, uh, John Chance, like he's losing, he's yeah. losing faith in him too, and uh, it, it's it's a really like because you as a viewer, you're like, I I don't know if he knows what the fuck he's doing at this point either, yeah. like. Uh, am, am I gonna lose faith in him? And then uh, that scene where he goes, he goes to grab that drink. He's like, "This, this is fucking pointless. I might as well have a drink." And then that blood just kind of like drips down into the glass. Such yeah. a cool fucking shot. Yeah, I love that scene. I got the exact same scene, but from El Dorado, <laughs> where, <laughs> the one where where J where JP, uh, where JP goes into the bar uh-huh. and he he has that where he's he knows that the guy got shot. He ran into the bar, and everyone's saying, you know. No, the you know nobody ran in here. Nobody ran in here, and he notices the the piano player is playing some sour notes, and he's like, "Would you like to get away from that piano?" He's like, "Yeah, I sure would." <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> and the, you know, the, the guy jumps out, he shoots him, and it's that moment where he's kind of he's vindicated, you know, where he's mm-hmm. like, "These people are gonna fucking take me seriously." Like, you know, are you gonna laugh at me now? You know, and he's like head, but he's like headbutting people and fucking using the butt of his rifle. Like he he starts beating the mm-hmm. shit out of people, and he get he goes up to Jason, and he's gonna shoot him, but then. John Wayne stops him and says, you know, so they, they let everybody go. That's my favorite scene. I think it's, it's a very similar scene. They're very similar. It's a very yeah, similar very scene, similar. but yeah. yeah. All right, um, a few runner-ups. Um, I like the any confrontation scene, like I said earlier, when mm-hmm. it's John Wayne against the bad guy when they're about ready to go toe-to-toe. The steak scene with Lee mm-hmm. Marvin and um, Tom Donovan. So any confrontation scene, um, either El Dorado, Liberty Valance, loved it. Um, another one would be the stagecoach action scene at the end of Stagecoach. Um, just, you know, from 1939, you're going to hear me talk a lot of great stuff about Stagecoach. I don't know if I would want to watch Stagecoach all the time. It's spoilers. It's not my favorite movie, Mm -hmm. but it's getting a lot of my awards for technicality in 1939, man, the technical stuff. My favorite scene was an attention to detail that blew me away in Stagecoach. All right. And it's the, um, the Stagecoach that uh, has to pass the water. Do you guys know the scene I'm talking about? And it's so interesting because like, um, the technicians, they're like, it's not going to work. You know, um, 1939, they didn't have like the, the greatest, um, <laughs> I don't know, things to, to do this or the budget even to do this, right? And the technicians, they wanted it out. They said it was impossible to make the stagecoach float uh, stagecoach float across the water. Right. And so they, they ended up getting cables underneath the, uh, the water, uh, putting hollow logs on the side of it. And just something so small like that, but it's like towards the, the third act of the movie. And it's so... It brings so much authenticity to it, you know? Like, they mm-hmm. could have just totally skipped over that, mm-hmm. uh, took it out of the screenplay. But there's just something neat about watching a movie where you have a stagecoach. And, yeah, you're going to run into some 
issues like that if you're going, you know, across the trail, right? And just to stop, like, no, 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 we're gonna do this and we're gonna make it work. You know, it was like it was a cool scene that just mm-hmm. stood out. I'm like, wow, I'm really glad they kept that in because it just added to that movie that was made in 1939. Right. Mm-hmm. So glad that they did that. Um, so I went with Stagecoach. Um, defining moment. Defining moment. Uh, it's that, that thing that kind of sticks with us over yeah. the, the entire marathon. And the last movie I watched was actually his earliest in this, which was Stagecoach. Um, and I, I wasn't a big fan of it either. I think, I think cinematography was actually pretty decent in it for the most part. Um, and and it's that shot where you first see John Wayne yeah. coming up over the hill, and he looks so young, and oh, he looks yeah. so badass, and he's just like he's got that gun, he's got that hat, he's got that bandana, like it's <laughs> it's John fucking Wayne, yeah, right? And it's it's just a gorgeous image of him, and that that background's just like perfectly blurry out in the the west. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's it's just that first actual shot of John Wayne. For me, I think, and again, defining moment can be anything. It can be a poster, it can be a song, it can be a moment. Or for for me, it, and I, I think it was toward the very end. And you could say this about a lot of the films, but it wasn't until I was I was watching Rio Bravo, and I just I was thinking about it's just Technicolor. You know what I mean? Like just that it has a very unique look of the way the way they film with Technicolor cameras. And I started looking up how Technicolor works and how these camera rigs operate and. Uh, it's it's just a, a unique visual, you know what I mean? The the, the colors that it is, and it's everything. It's that's a big part of what makes these films special, I think, to me. When you when you go back and watch these old films, and they have a they have a distinctive style. I never really thought about it before, but it's Technicolor. That, that's what's yeah. what it is. That's you know. Um, so that was a big one from that. That's what it was for me. And I think I went back and looked at looked at a lot of the films. And I looked at kind of the color schemes. I mean, not not all of them had. Word mm-hmm. color, right? But um, I think the one that used it the best was Rio Bravo. I think that had a, a really sort of vibrant kind of color scheme that worked really well. Yeah. Um, my defining moment again went to Stagecoach, and um, this award is influenced by the Searchers from last year. Okay, mm-hmm. so last year we did our, our Western Marathon. We watched the Searchers, and something about Searchers I hated so much, and it was uh, Chief Scar. Mm. Remember me bitching about that? Chief Scar yeah. was played by um, a white German actor named Henry Brandon. Had a, such a huge problem with that. Stagecoach, 1939, 20 years previously, right? They actually use local Navajo Indians, mm. all right? And I'm like, 1939 gets it, but right. we still can't get this shit right to get today, you know? Right. Stop whitewashing, man. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, brought, it brought an authentic feel again, just like the stagecoach that got my best scene, you know? Um, they made that movie so authentic. You know, the, the local Navajos that um, that played the, the Apaches, they were, uh, that whole population that just boosted their economy, you know? Sure. And I'm like, man, sure. let's just let's just do this, you know? Do it right. And right. Uh, I look back at Searchers, and you just got this big old white guy playing an Indian. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't fucking work, man. Right. Um, so, yeah, just uh, no whitewashing. That was my defining yeah. moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, brought that level of... Except for Chinese No whitewashing. Who was that? That's John Wayne as a tell of the hunt. That's fine. But not in Stagecoach. Not in Stagecoach. But yeah, don't whitewash unless you're John Wayne playing a Mongolian. Isn't that crazy though that they get that right in 1939 but we can't get that right today? Yeah. Man, bugs the shit out of me. Oh yeah, real quick, runner-up, shootist. Opening montage, black and white, just going over the life of John Wayne. Yeah. You know, leading up to that, uh, the shootist. I thought it was really cool. Um, Best director, guys. 
Best Director. And we got two movies by Howard Hawks. We got two movies by John Ford. We got a Henry Hathaway and a Don Siegel in there. Um, And I went with John Ford for The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance um, because of the way all the characters got their screen time. I think it's the cinematography is decent in it. Um, There's a lot of great shots at certain times. Keeping those, those actors and characters kind of subdued and controlled and they're all giving top-notch performances in this in telling a cohesive story jumping around a timeline and and not giving you full stories when you're watching them unfold in front of you um that's that's why john forward took it for me and that so that was originally what i was gonna pick i started because i i agreed when i started digging into it um John Ford, from all accounts that I read, was a fucking asshole. Oh, he was a dick. <laughs> like he was a dickhead, and he like calling John Wayne like a big dumb oaf just to, right. just to make him rise to the occasion. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there were people saying that like this was a, this was a horrible film to make. You know what I mean? <laughs> that nobody had fun with this movie at all. Like that he, that, you know, he like just verbally abused John Wayne like constantly. Constantly. Like, that, you know that that John John had like suggested a change to a scene, and he like. Blew his shit and was yeah. like, "I'm the man who made you who you are." You know yeah. what I mean? And you're gonna come in with this shit. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, you know, was that Jimmy the, Jimmy Stewart too. Like Jimmy Stewart, he came in and everyone's like, "Man, you know, I think it was for Liberty Valance." He's like, "Man, you're the only one that John Ford doesn't give shit." Right? To. Yeah, yeah. And later on, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart said something that you know just triggered something in Ford, and then he told everybody that he thinks. You know, paraphrasing. I think Jimmy Stewart might be a racist, and you all should know that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, he was the, the, the black actor on set, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and then I think John Wayne was like, "Well, welcome to the club." You know, yeah. what I'm like. <laughs> but it's interesting. He wanted John Wayne to rise to that occasion. To, See, that's to not be... the impression that I got. I just felt that he was an asshole. Yeah, that, that's the. See, I like. Yeah, I was. I, I was doing research on that as well, and he kept on saying like he didn't want to use John Wayne until the time was right, which was Stagecoach 1939. And he kept on saying, when the time's right, I'll use you, you know, but you're going to be a fucking star, you know. I'm going right. to get the best out of you that I can. And, uh, you know, I think it works because he's there, got a presence to him, man. There's, I mean, there's some there's some directors. I, I, I talked about this when we, we did the war marathon with, with Oliver Stone uh, when he did was, was Platoon, right? Mm-hmm. That following that, they talked about doing some other Vietnam movies and stuff. And some of the actors were like, fuck that. I'm never going into the jungle with Oliver Stone ever again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that dude's a fucking maniac. And I, so sometimes I, I like that. And this and that kind of, that detracted a lot. And, and I ended up going with um, Howard Hawks with El Dorado. Okay. And it's really just like the characters in this movie and their beats and every, again, like everybody gets screen time. Everybody has the moment that makes that. Like, I, I think that's important in any story. You have to have, every character has to have that moment where they're the ones that, like, save the day. Uh-huh. And I think that every one of the characters, as e- even fucking Bolt with the, with the bow and arrow, gets that moment where they've contributed something meaningful to the story. And so I think that's... And, and again, I think it's funny. I think it's dramatic. I think it's, you know, it's serious. It's a great story. And everything about everything about El Dorado, I think, was great. He did... That's, that's my pick. Right on. <laughs> um, and going back... Mine is stagecoach John Ford. And going back, you know, like... He worked, John Wayne worked with John Ford for the first, you know, his first Western with sound, you know. The studio fought him all the way not to put John Wayne in because I guess the big trail was a Hollywood disaster and John Wayne was a part of that, you know. And he wanted John Wayne. He's like, this is the movie that's going to make him a star. Uh, a quote from Ford is like, he'll, he'll be the biggest star ever because he's the perfect every man. 
And he's right. He pushed to get um, John Wayne in stagecoach. And, you know, he gave us the Duke. He invented right. the Duke. And you look back at, you know, like, um, use Michael Jackson for a second. You know, they say that his dad beat him. You know, I, I'm not condoning that. But it's like his dad was so hard on him. Pushed him. Beat him. And th- that's how Michael Jackson, you know, got all of his dance moves right. And became Michael Jackson. All that attention to detail. We just... That he was a slave to his work, you know? Mm. Um, I wonder if that's the same thing with John Wayne here and John Ford because it's all over the place. Every movie that he made with John Ford, calling him a big dumb oaf, you know, get out of the way, you dumb ox, you know, just treating him like shit the whole movie, grabbing him by his face and telling right. him to do certain <laughs> scenes. And, you know, the, you can't argue there is a presence about John Wayne. Um, 1939, he looked a little, he was soft. He was a little bit soft, which I liked that about Stagecoach. But there's something that that happens to John Wayne where he is just you don't you wouldn't I wouldn't fuck with John Wayne. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So um, best director John Ford giving us John Wayne, creating him. He created one of the most influential um, westerns ever made. You know, with um, with Stagecoach. And again, it's not my favorite film. I, I can't pop it in all the time. But looking what he did technically um, to this, you know, uh, filming Monument Valley. Uh, Monument Valley, the roads weren't even paved in 1939. They weren't even paved till like 1950. Mm. He went out there and he's like, I'm going to make a fucking movie um, out there. I'm like, I'm going to give the West its look. Sure. Um, the cinematography, you know, doing different things with zooms and, you know, um, the, the, the black and white and just the lighting that he, he, he did and, and how he frames shots, mm-hmm. zooming at the table, zooming when they first uh, find John Wayne. And then the action, George Miller, I would love to read if George Miller is, um, has been influenced by Stagecoach because of that last 10 minute battle there. Um, and then, then framing within the Stagecoach, uh, the, the action scene, uh, there's just so much that he, he was constantly redefining. Defining the genre with Stagecoach, I think, and then redefining, you know, uh, as the years, you know, went on. So, yeah, with with all that cinematography, and then my favorite scene was the floating Stagecoach, man. To, to as a director to have that authentic beat and be like, no, nah, I, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be almost impossible to get the Stagecoach through water. It's going to make my film look better, man. It's going to have an authentic feel. And to this day, man, you know, all these years later, I'm looking back and I'm like, man. Just his the, the his style, his signature style, introducing the Duke, cinematography, the action scenes, the the, the close up stagecoach shots. There's a lot, you know, here that I'm glad um, Ford put his style on. Mm. So um, I, there was no other choice for me but stagecoach. That's who I went with. Worst picture. All right, let's keep that train rolling. Stagecoach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was boring as fuck. Um, couldn't couldn't sit through it and like stay focused on it. The other movies I could just absolutely fine, um, and, and maybe it's being from nineteen thirty nine kind of hampers it a little bit. But yeah, and I will say like I I I will I was thinking like hey if it came up Pantheon it's fucking Stagecoach it's one of the most inf- no inf- I know it's one of the most yeah. influential <laughs> movies ever made. I have a rule when it comes to Pantheon, technic technical stuff, and I have to enjoy it. I agree with you. I probably couldn't pop in Stagecoach again. I, I wouldn't want to. I, I, I probably will never watch it again. No, I probably yeah. won't either. I really respect the hell of what, what Ford did as a director and the movie that he gave us. But yeah, I have to enjoy the film. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't find the story overly compelling. I didn't find any of the performances really that great. Um, there was nothing that was like really keeping me interested. So yeah, it, it took worse than it was pretty hands down the worst to me. The only one of these movies that I will never watch again probably is Stagecoach. I have no desire to watch this fucking movie. I actually fucking hated it, to be honest with you. Really? Um, I didn't like I watched it with Rachel. Rachel did not enjoy it. Um, 
In fact, most of the time, we I was about halfway through when I got on my phone and I was looking, I was like, this is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Like, yeah. That was almost my biggest I think it's the because front. the technical stuff. I think people just look at that when they vote and that's it. Or when they give their, their criticism over it. Yeah, right. Which I think is pretty sad. Like, you have... I couldn't give a proper review like that. I couldn't no, give it 100% if I did not enjoy it 100%. I'm sure if you left the theater in 1939, you're definitely oh, yeah. going away. You right. Know? I mean, so uh, some of the time, I had a real hard time with the audio in Stagecoach. Mm. And I know it's, it's it's an 80-year-old film, but like a lot of the, a lot of just the voices just sound a little bit fuzzy or muddled. I mean, I, mean, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know if that's the way it sounded originally, but that's the way it sounds now. And I, I mean, I had a hard time even following it sometimes because I, I didn't really understand what people were saying. Um, I didn't like it. I really, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and I do respect all the things that, that you mentioned throughout mm-hmm. the marathon. I think they're important, but but I, you have I, to enjoy the movie. But I have to enjoy the movie. Yeah. I didn't enjoy. And I'm right there with you guys. about it, man. Yeah. I, yeah, um, yeah. Technical stuff, I love. I will stand by that um, all day. Especially if you're um, up and coming director, you know, and you're well, watching this as a young kid in the movie, and you're like, man, I I've never seen a western with sound do an action beat like that at the end. Ten minutes, Indians chasing a sure. stagecoach. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, but it goes back to almost like my Wizard of Oz. I respect the hell out of the fantasy, the the uh, the Wizard of Oz, what it did, you know, for for fantasy. I don't care for Wizard of Oz, you know. Right. And again, that's why I voted no for Pantheon Wizard of Oz. I have to like the movie, you know. Right. Same way with Stagecoach. Like I love a lot of the the choices he made, um, but when it comes to acting and the slow beats, um, I, I just didn't care, you know. Right. With the complete story, I actually like on paper a bunch of strangers yeah, like the... in a stagecoach yeah. on the trail. That's badass. And it, the movie's been remade multiple times. Yeah. And actually, I would suggest everybody watching a movie called Meek's Cutoff. It's dry as hell, too, but I think it's 2010. Um, it's a movie about you know a bunch of people in a wagon, and mm. they get lost on the trail. Okay. And everything that comes with that. It's kind of spooky in some areas, because can you imagine living in that time, being lost on the trail, running out of food, having kids, mm. your guy doesn't know where they're going, there's I mean, Indians and Apaches out there. That's a, that's a great story. I mean, I don't mind a dry west. I love Bone Tomahawk, and yeah. that's like yeah. 75% just fucking talking yeah and i i love that but you know as i was and i wanted i actually wanted just the fact that it was somehow 100 percent rotten tomatoes to be my what the fuck but i didn't want to like spoil worst picture yeah, yeah, yeah. um i was reading that like orson wells um before he made 40 uh, times well, i watched it 40 he watched times. it like 40 times before before he made um citizen kane because he yeah. considers it like the perfect movie yeah. and i as but i was, you know wa- I think that I was watching and i was just like what the Fuck, no, but, like, am I an idiot? You know what I mean? Like, that's no, no, no. I just, like, am I am I an idiot? Like, I just don't fucking get yeah, this. Yeah, I think like, it's all the technical stuff, though, especially if you're going to make Citizen Kane and you're trying sure. to, you know, get that creativity, those juices flowing. I mean, you look at those zooms in 1939 and you look at putting a stagecoach, you know, through water, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's a pretty, it's a pretty big task in 1939, you know? Um, so, yeah. and that action scene, I can't say that enough. The action scene with the stagecoach and Indians, that's a big deal for 1939, you know? Um, so I can see why people are... are fell in love with us filmmakers you know yeah but again yeah i I just don't care you know um overall my worst pick um would have been if going into this marathon i figured my number one favorite movie would have been rio bravo yeah all right john carpenter loves the shit out of rio bravo i'm a huge john carpenter fan that's why he made assault on precinct 13 Okay. okay um there's an unofficial howard hawks trilogy el dorado rio lobo and Rio Bravo. Um, at the beginning of this marathon, I said I want to put Rio Lobo in there. It was like 71%. I will take Rio Lobo, which I have upstairs, man, and I will take El Dorado any day of the week 
over Rio Bravo. I didn't hate Rio Bravo. I just was really let down. And at the end of the day, when I have all three of these movies that are remake of a remake of a remake, I will take those two over uh, Rio Bravo any day. Um, like, you look at the whole setup of Rio Bravo, I was completely entertained mm -hmm. thoroughly by El Dorado. Okay? But you look at Rio Bravo in the same beats, like you have Stubby. I could not, I could not stand Stubby in yeah, Rio yeah. Bravo. But you have Bull in El Dorado, right? Who's more grounded? It's more refined. It's a re you've taken the core concept and just refined it a yeah. little bit, right? If I you agree. take the song El Dorado um, over my my pony, my gun, mm -hmm. and me, I take El Dorado any day of the week. I take the opening credits, okay, mm -hmm. over um, Rio Bravo. I take Robert Mitchum over Dino. Um, I take uh, John Wayne's character in um, El Dorado over sure. that. I take everybody, everything um, over that. So even the uh, the villain was um, yeah, McCloud. Yeah. I take McCloud over that. So it just everything I thought was done better in in El Dorado than Rio Bravo, and I just was not entertained. If I if I have two movies that are exactly the same, you know which one I'm going with now. I'm going right. El Dorado, you know, and I'll go Rio Lobo. <laughs> before Rio right. Bravo, so I'd actually be curious. You guys watching Rio Lobo and, and no, see what I, you guys I, think. You know what? Because I because if you right now, if you had to choose, because um, I have you kind of given both movies some praise. If you had to choose between Rio Bravo, El Dorado, El Dorado, hands down. I liked Rio Bravo more. More did you? Okay. I did. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see what you guys think of Rio Lobo because I think there's some really interesting points <laughs> there. I mean, Rio Bravo. There's something about this formula though. Like they're very similar movies, but mm. it, it really resonated with me because before I, you know, I kind of fill out. Uh, categories as I go and before Rio, Rio, Rio Bravo was the last movie that I watched, watched the last night and if it weren't for that fucking El Dorado would have had 12 awards probably you know what I mean it, it only took things from El Dorado so uh, yeah I, I do think there are things that it does better than El Dorado but not many the third will in, in El Dorado. I take James Caan in Mississippi. Oh, you know, so, yeah, so, they're I, both I take good, man. But like, uh, yeah, they're both good. But I take James Caan even. So everything about El Dorado, I just love more. I like, um, they're totally different characters, though. I yeah, like they are. That, yeah. You know, Mississippi is shit with a gun. Um, you know what I mean? But Colorado is so good, he doesn't even feel the need to talk about it. I do like you know, that. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't brag about I it. Like he knows that. he's good. That's all. Fucking I like matters. that beat. Yeah. Better than I like his performance, though. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I do like that beat, though. Um, and just an interesting note, I don't know if you guys know this, but Rio Bravo was the last time he retired his his hat that he used for 20 years. John Wayne did. Really? Like, he used the same hat for 20 years from um, Stagecoach to Rio Bravo. Huh. And then new hats after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. It's just kind of cool. I'd love to have that hat, man. Strange. That takes us to the best picture. I, I had one sweeping winner, and it was the man who shot the yeah. balance. I think that was pretty <laughs> obvious uh, from the way I was voting. Um, I was completely enthralled um, from beginning to end with it. Uh, Top-notch performances, uh, great directing, fantastic story, uh, great lines, uh, a, a murder mystery kind of playing out in an old-time western with a Citizen Kane kind of vibe. Everything that went into it, yeah. um, I absolutely ate up. And, and I wish I could coin that. I haven't read it anywhere. haven't read that anywhere. I called it, you know, the Citizen Kane of Westerns. I know it's out yeah, there. I know yeah. someone has said it, but I mean, it, it is, is, it is it's, awesome. It's that you're jumping back in time and like, you know, you're getting little pieces like, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't picked up his gun since that day. And yeah. like, you're getting, uh, between, uh, Link and, uh, Hallie when they're riding out and they see the house yeah. and, you know, Link's like, hey, I haven't been Marshall around here and nobody's mm. giving me respect for 20 years, yeah. you know. Oh, uh, I can't wait to talk about this. Oh. Yeah. Is that yours? 
No. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, no, it should be obvious. Man. El Dorado was El Dorado. my favorite okay. movie by far. Uh, it was the first movie that I watched. It, I watched, I loved it so much, I watched it again later that night with Rachel. I was like, you gotta, you got to watch this fucking movie. Uh-huh. And so I watched, I mean, I was blown away. I watched it again that same night, and then I was super pumped. And I liked a lot, with the exception of Stagecoach, I, I liked all the rest of these movies, oh. but none of them had that spark, I thought, that El Dorado had. Okay. But I totally agree. I mean, if you ask me, like, there are four movies on this list that if you ask me about Pantheon, I would say yes. So I gave I, I gave two awards. To Anime me. marathon all over again. <laughs> no, no I, I gave two awards to the man who shot Liberty Valance, but I loved it. I would yeah. I consider Pantheon. Yeah. So if, you, if, it, if it goes through, hey, spoiler warning, cool, yeah. Uh, I gave nothing to Sons of Katie Elder, but I loved it. It's just I, that I, I did too. Like I think that was my I, second I, favorite I movie, it. and I only gave it one award. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's not that I have a problem with any of these movies. I loved them, but El Dorado like just killed it for me. It yeah, great. I think El Dorado and Sons of Katie Elder probably tied for me for mm. for second. Shoot really? okay. third, you know, um, Rio Bravo last. Um, but yeah, my favorite, man, was Liberty Valance, man. Um, there's a random blogger I just want to read real quick. He, just a real quick uh, quote. He says, is living a lie as a, as a successful guy better or worse than quietly dying as a hero? Mm-hmm. I love that question that this yeah. movie asks, you know. Um, something I love doing, too, is with Video Land. Something I love doing in my focus, one of my big focus, is, is um, looking at all these old classics. And breaking them down, man. I think, you know, a lot of people, they hang their hats on all these classics. And we're going to break down right. every movie and we're going to call it out. Yes. Man Who Shot Liberty Balance is 93%. Yeah. It was, the, was it the lowest movie on our... Uh, tied shooter. Tied. Tied with the shootest. That blows me away. I think some people are stuck on their Rio Bravos. I think some people are stuck on their Searchers. I think right. some people are stuck on, you know, some of these other John Wayne movies. When you look at when this movie came out, it didn't do very well, okay? It was one of his least successful movies, um, John Ford, because people were expecting the the grand shots of Monument Valley and right, Technicolor. Here comes a 1960, what, 65, 66 movie that is shot in black and white, mm-hmm. and it's a very complex Western, you know? You right. get the Wild West, but I honestly believe you get one of the best campaign movies, yeah. Of all time, too. And I think yeah. if this was in our campaign marathon, it would have took most of that. I know you're I a big fan of Bob Roberts, but yeah. I think Liberty Valance would have took that. It took this uh, this for me, too. And looking back at our last marathon, our Western marathon, it was about the end of the Wild West as well, the winter there with um, um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm-hmm. But it was a different mm-hmm. kind of movie. This here is an examination of the West. It's an examination of like uh, just democracy, legends, Heroes, journalism, statehood. There is so much going on in this movie. I loved it. And just to think that when this came out, it was on the bottom half of Double Bills. Mm-hmm. You know? like, And I think a lot of people still think like that. They're just stuck on their searchers and they're stuck on this. And I think people need to revisit this. And I think people need to take a look at this because this is one of John, uh, For- or John Ford's best movies. I, I, think. I think it's his best yeah. movie. Out of all the movies I've watched of John Ford... Um, I loved it, and I think uh, it's a it's a swan song to the Wild West. Um, I think this is a, a pretty close to a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even found a shirt. If it does ever make Pantheon, yeah, it says "I shot Liberty Valance." Nice. I want that. I oh, want to wear wow. that at the table. But no, I think it was fantastic. Um, yeah, there's not much else I can say. Um, it, it's complex, but I will tell you, just like Stagecoach is complex from a technical level, mm-hmm. this is complex from from a screenplay level. Right. Um, 
But I tell you what, I think it has great replay value too. I agree. Yeah. You know, um, I think I could pop this in. You get two great icons with Jimmy Stewart, with John Wayne, um, Lee Marvin. Mm-hmm. There, there's so much going on here. So, um, yeah, I loved it. It was my best picture, Liberty Valance. So this takes us to a time where we count the Golden Idols. We will be back and we will see who the Golden Idol winner is. Pilgrim, hold it. I said you, Valance. You pick it up. Three against one, Donovan. My boy Pompey. The kitchen door. I'll get it, Liberty. I said you, Liberty. You pick it up. What's the matter? Everybody in this country killed crazy? Here! you get yourself a fresh steak on me. Show's over for now. We are back and after counting the Golden Idols, Liberty Valance, the man who shot Liberty Valance, is the Golden Idol winner. So the only John Wayne movie that matters right now is Liberty Valance. It is the marathon winner, so does it deserve Pantheon? For any new listeners, the Pantheon is the home for our favorite movies of all time. So we need a unanimous vote tonight, and then it gets gets kicked up to the Pantheon Council. Is Liberty Valance Pantheon worthy? Kyle. Uh, I gave it 11 idols, so uh, you're not getting 11 idols for me unless you were Pantheon. <laughs> you pulled worthy. a psycho then, didn't you? I you did. I went, I went sure. nuts on this one. I, I told you the other day, you were like, you know, I'm interested to see how you're leaning on this. And I'm like, I'm going to be straight with you. One movie is kicking everything's ass. Yeah, but you didn't tell me what movie. I didn't tell you So what I had now. no idea. So I was, this whole time, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if it's Liberty <laughs> Balance. And then you said in a text, Nathan, right. you said there's one movie or something I wanted to show my wife. 100%, right. 100% I wanted to show my wife or something. I'm like, hmm, what's he talking about? <laughs> is, it, is it Liberty so Balance? I don't know. So I was very interested, too, of what you were going to come back and say. So Liberty Balance... Is it pantheon worthy? It's it's getting a big fucking yes for me. Um, I think out of all these marathons, this and your Jimbo are right there of movies where I'm like, I really fucking loved this movie. Yeah. I think they are pretty neck and neck for me. Um, so yeah, and I, I as much as I love the shit out of your Jimbo, I, I love Liberty Balance just as much. Um, all the reasons I stated. I mean, great acting, good cinematography, fantastic story. Um, and those, those are three pretty big components to making a, a good, compelling movie. And John Ford did that. So, yeah, Liberty Balance is a, is a big yes for me. Um, what do you think? Yeah, it's a big yes for me as well. It only got two of my awards. I, I liked El Dorado more. I thought it had a lot of things in it that appealed to me personally way more. But there's no way that the man who shot Liberty Balance is not Pantheon. You know what I mean? They're, these are we're talking about some of the best movies ever made. There's gonna be mm-hmm. more than one here that doesn't have. You know what I'm saying? Like um, just because the one I like wasn't the top doesn't mean it's not Pantheon. Right. Man who shot Liberty Balance it did something different with the Western genre. Out of all these movies, it's the only one that had a different formula, and it, it elevated uh, it elevated the genre, in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, um, man, me too. Uh, when I when I watched this one, I was debating, and then it just 
last couple days. It's just been sink, you know, just sitting with me. And I'm like, yeah, this this has to be. I just love all the questions that it asks, you know. Right. It, to me, it was the the best political campaign movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in this. And we right, had, it's interesting. I hadn't thought of it. Like yeah, that, we, had, we had a political sure. campaign yeah. marathon a few months back. And, you know, of all the research I did for that, this never came up for for one of the movies, and it was it's rated ninety three percent. It would have been a candidate, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. um, it, it never came up. I never seen anybody saying. I, I think it's the best candidate or the best campaign marathon movie. Um, I think it's the best western in in this marathon. Um, I was looking at a, f- a couple different polls, right? And the Searchers, the Shootist, Rio Bravo, um, some of them True Grit. Those three or four movies come up everywhere, especially the Searchers on the top. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of the, the the searchers shootist. I don't even. I wouldn't even put up there as one of the best. Would you guys even give shootist pantheon? No. I yeah. could. I could maybe come around to the shootist, but okay. not. You know, like if if you guys said yes, I'd maybe kick it up. Okay. You know what I mean? But yeah. I would say definitely. I no, I had too it. much you know problems with like the third Liberty act. Was the only yeah, thing that was a strong yes for me. Really. Um, and Kitty Eller was my second favorite movie, and I, I don't think I would have yeah. pushed that up. And yeah, so Rio Bravo, I definitely wouldn't have. Um, I enjoyed El Dorado. It's, I think you called it the chicken soup movie, right? Oh, for sure. I, I, I love that. I think it is, too. It's a movie that I can just sit back and relax to. I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it surprises me that you look at Searchers and The Shootist and Rio Bravo, and nobody is talking about the, the right. end of the Wild West, the, the start of democracy, and all the questions that this movie is that is packed within this movie. I think this movie is is phenomenal. I was I think it's the most thoughtful movie out of, out of the yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, I think it would have gave a run in our best Western marathon last year when we had like Magnificent Seven, Unforgiven, Tombstone, yeah. um, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. I think it would have gave a run in that too. You know, because it has so much depth and meat to it. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think it's interesting that you sort of compared it before to Yojimbo because mm-hmm. it, it reminds me a lot of Yojimbo in a lot of ways. Like Yojimbo is this, this sort of it's about the end of the the samurai, you know, because yeah, the, yeah. the gun comes in, and that's a that's a it's the that's the end of his kind of era, mm-hmm. you know, and in in uh, Sanjiro as well, like you know, when, well we haven't done that one yet, but yeah, there's, so there's similar themes, and I think that's uh, that taps into the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance taps into that as well, is that yeah. this end of an era, kind of a film. Yeah, it's the end of the gun and the the era of the pen of the exactly, yeah, and looking um, over at um, like Sergio Leone, he got our best movie in the Western Marathon last year. And he actually commented on Liberty Valance. He said that uh, Ford was a major influence on his work and that Liberty Valance is his favorite Ford film. Um, It was uh, the only film, he said, where Ford learned something about pessimism. And I would add restraint. You know, because you... It's not your big shoot-em-up Western. It isn't. Right. the, there's a one death that we see on screen, and it's it's an important death. And that's them. why it was the bottom of you know double build movies. Mm-hmm. People's were people were expecting that big adventure movie like Stagecoach. If you watched it in the theater in 1939, they were expecting you know um, Monument Valley and all of its glory and Technicolor with the searchers. You know they weren't they weren't expecting this small little movie with Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne and mm-hmm. and all the the questions that you know come packed in it. So. Roger Ebert gave it a perfect score, four out of four. Mm. So it surprises me that all these other people, they give it 93%, and they yeah. don't talk about it. I'm surprised people don't talk about Liberty Valance more than they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. I think it, I think it yeah. deserves Pantheon, and I think it would fit nicely in the Pantheon next to Yojimbo. Yeah, I think so, too. It's rear Window. It, yes, would be, Jimmy it was going to say, it would be the, it, let's say it made it in, but it would be the second Jimmy Stewart movie 
you know what I mean? It's like in this year, yeah. in fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is interesting. And I already know for fact, for me, there's a third Pantheon Jimmy Stewart movie. And that's It's a Wonderful Life. So I was oh, going to get yeah, that nominated. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. But um, yeah, I, I thought this was a, a great um, great movie. Fun marathon. What do you guys think of the marathon overall? Uh, Stagecoach, I, I liked all the movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long, for sure. though, Same thing. Long. Two yeah. hours long. Yeah. She, she just had some pretty boring parts to me at times, but when it was picking up, I enjoyed it. Um, Stagecoach didn't really have anything that really dragged me into it. Yeah, Stagecoach was the only part that I didn't enjoy. How long did it take you guys to watch these? Was it like rapid fire? I watched. No. It took me about a week. There was, uh, I was sick one day and I watched Eldorado twice, and then my next day off, I, I think I watched... Uh, I watched Stagecoach, Man of Shot, Liberty Valance, Sons of Katie Elder all in one day. So that was like really fucking took it out of me. Yeah. And then um, I, sp- I spanned out the other two over the whole, the whole week, you know, so it was okay. Yeah, I did I did about a week and then um, spent a week just going over like, again, I was like, this movie's just sat with me for a couple of days mm-hmm. and just really, I don't know, resonated. Mm-hmm. Really right. resonated. So yeah, what do you guys think the, the council will say? Oh God! I, I mean, Yojimbo got in, and then and again, it, very, very comparative type of films. Right. I think this has a good shot of getting in as well. I think it has a good shot as well. Um, we'll we'll see though. I think I think it's certainly John Wayne's best movie. I don't know if it's Jimmy Stewart's best movie. You think this is John Wayne's best movie? I think so. I think so. Not his best I performance. Know. I no, think no, no, yeah, I don't think it's his no. best performance. Best movie that he's in, though. Oh, I, I see. So. I see what you're saying the best right. movie he's in. He's in. I got you. Okay. Correct. But like I'm saying, and Jimmy Stewart, I don't know. Rear, I think Rear Window sits a little I think Rear better Window for me. Is, yeah. But uh, it, this is damn close to that as well. Yeah, I definitely think something I love about Pantheon is it's a movie, a place for five star movies mm-hmm. or unique movies. You know, that are four stars or greater. That's still a great movie. Right. But pe- movies that people need to see. You know, and I really do think people need to watch this. I, yeah. I think uh, it's if someone someone stumbles along Video Land and they see what is this. You know, um, the man who shot Liberty Valance. I'm gonna give this a watch. You know, right. I would be happy about that. You know, so where can they find you? Find me, uh, Kyle Brown. I'm on the group. Uh, you can find me uh, at Movie Script Life everywhere else, and uh, just chilling and watching movies. Just come over to my house, open the door, don't even knock, just walk in, <laughs> bring food. Will you um, be in your underwear? Maybe, maybe. probably. More. I might maybe. not even have underwear on. So oh, be prepared. Shit. I'll come. Be, yeah, you That'd will. Be more ways yeah, than one, I'm sure. <laughs> Where can they find you? Uh, sheepwars.com. Is that, is that cheapwars.com? It's, it's cheapwars.com. Cheapwars. Cheap <laughs> uh, no, AAV. All the regular stuff, man. All right. You can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. You can find us on Adventures in Video Land, the uh, Facebook page. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. Uh, we're, all, we're all over the place. Um, so until next time... My good pilgrims. Happy trails to (laughs) you until we meet again.